online and on DAB. Talk Radio. For those about to talk, we salute you. Talk Radio. Some of you will have heard the David Icke interview um, because we streamed it live on Periscope. You really should be watching me on Periscope, guys. Because that's where the action is. Uh, we're going to play the uh, David Icke interview out after 11 at some point. Uh, I-, I-, I thought... He was an absolutely delightful gentleman. In the meantime, give us a call. This is Talk Radio. This is the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. him being stopped at an airport because he had uh, nail scissors. From that day on, I knew there was something suspicious about the man. He was trying to carry nail scissors onto an aeroplane. And he was stopped from doing it. Clement Freud was a paedophile. 
Flippin' heck! He was always on, um, just a minute. No hesitation, no deviation. Well, certainly some kind of deviation. Deviation away from the sexual norm. And plenty of repetition. Here's the other thing. He had a villa near to where Maddie McCann went disappeared. Oh, now Catherine's pulling a face. No, no, no. But, 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 for a second, indulge me. He had a villa near where Madeleine McCann went missing, right? Who did um, the government send to um, investigate the McCanns? One of their top advisors. Why would the government send one of their top advisors? Don't you think? Don't you think? No, I'm not one of those people that think that in any way the McCanns had anything to do with the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. Of, of course not. I don't think that. I know a lot of you do. Ah, I think that's mean-spirited. The government sent Clarence Mitchell from the Cabinet Office to look after the McCanns. I don't... You, don't you just think? Don't you just think? The thing is, it turns out, right... And I'm, I'm not for a second suggesting the McCanns are in any way involved at all, at all, at all. I don't buy into that theory. But... Anything is possible now! Anything is possible! Clement Freud... was a paedophile! Flippin' heck! What the hell is going on with this world? I don't understand what is going on with the world anymore! Isn't it just the weirdest place? So hang on a second. We've had all these people dying this year, right? We've had, um... Um, that horrible, horrible massacre in Orlando. Um, we've had, um, uh, the football violence. Clement Freud is a pe- What the hell is going on? You got Nigel Farage and Bob Geldof shouting at each other on boats today. Seriously, I slept in really late, right? I woke up at one o'clock. I turned on my Twitter and I, I thought there was some kind of spoofington going on. There are all these tweets about Farage and a flotilla of boats. I thought, flippin' it, Chris Morris is writing tweets now. And then there was tweets about Bob Geldof shouting abuse at Farage. And I'm thinking, what? This is not... And so then I went to the news thing. It was real! It was actually real! And then I saw a tweet about Clement Freud being a paedophile. I thought, oh, that's a bit... That's a bit below the belt. That's a bit tasteless. Then I was listening to um, LBC for a bit, for a bit. And Sheila Fogarty's doing a phone-in about Clement Freud being a paedophile. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on with the world? I honestly don't know what's going on. We had David Eichen earlier on, and it, actually the two things aren't connected, although we do touch upon the Clement Freud story uh, 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 briefly. Um, and some of you will have heard the, the um, I was going to say Eric Idle. Why am I going to say Eric Idle? David Icke. Some of you will have heard the interview with David Icke because we streamed it on Periscope. You should be watching me on Periscope, guys. Follow me and you'll find out when these things are happening. Um, but we're going to play it just after um, about quarter past 11, something like that. It's a really good interview. Uh, I'm really pleased with it because it's not, um, uh, we don't mention lizards. We don't, I don't ask, I don't, I don't get him in and take the mickey out of him, which is what I think some of you were hoping I was going to do. He's going to tear him a new one. I didn't do that because I didn't want to do that. I thought that would have been mean spirited. Instead, do you know what I did? I apologise for laughing at him when he was on Wogan in 1991. It's the 25th anniversary of that 
last couple of weeks ago apparently he was telling me the 25th anniversary and i watched it and i laughed and i paid um money to go and see him at a, a speaking tour and laugh and we all had stickers saying david ike is off his bike we did and i apologized to him for laughing at him when he was in wogan he, and I did. he said it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and it's the first time i've heard him speak in depth about the effect that um uh, going on wogan and being laughed at by the entire country um the first time i've heard him speak about it i watched the interview today what's interesting right again we touch on this oh is i it was 16 minutes long i don't remember it being that long right 16 minutes long the whole thing i watched all of it it's really interesting right and it's really interesting to note that, that Wogan, what time was Wogan on? 7.30, 8 o'clock, Monday, Wednesday and Friday? I went to see an episode of Wogan being filmed, the one with Paul McCartney. Yes! Oh, I went to see that being filmed, me and my sister. Um, I couldn't have been very old. My dad just took us there and left us there. That was weird. Anyway, um, it's 8 o'clock. I think it was 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night. A 16-minute interview. That's a long old time. On a on a, a light entertainment show, you don't get interviews like that anymore on telly. I'm, this is it's given me a plan actually. Watching the David Icke interviews give me a plan. You're going to start seeing interviews like that. Maybe not on the telly, on the on the internet. Got a plan. Me and my mate Robin, when he gets back from his his trip, got a plan. He doesn't know I've got a plan, but I've got a plan, Robin. Um, so we're going to play that later on tonight's show. Is it, I mean, I, I, what, what what can I do? The, the the phones are open. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, anything anything is up for grabs. Anything and everything is up for grabs this evening. Right? The world has gone so nuts, so insane, so completely bonkers. Right? I, there's no point in me sitting here. I've got a list of stuff that I was going to talk about. What's the point, really? Because this is what I've written down. Costa, shopping centres, DVDs, and then some bits from the papers. Lazy people, Fox, trains, donut cushion, and wife shopping. We've got stuff like that, right? And I'll do those things later on in the show. But I feel like kind of a fraud sitting here when the world has gone so nuts, so insane, right, in the past um, four days, week, month, year. Since the beginning of this year, what month are we in? June. Last six months, the world has gone nuts, right? And so me sitting here going, well, isn't it interesting how um, I find myself um, using uh, Costa as my local office because it's got excellent Wi-Fi, it's got toilet, and it's got coffee facilities. What, what, what more? And I, 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 I probably will talk about that later on. You can call in about that. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. But but I, it just feels I feel fraudulent sitting here saying those things because you know it's it, it's true and it, it, but the world is nuts. Another thing, Kath, can you stop looking at me, please? Please. Just, just stop looking at me, please. I'm sorry, I didn't... It's, uh, it's just, it's really putting me off, just you staring at me well, like that. I wouldn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. Sorry? Doesn't matter. Fat guy's an ass. What's his name? Is it, is it um, Peter Green? Not Peter Green, he was in Fleetwood Mac. Sir Peter Green. He, no, he was still in Fleetwood Mac. Peter McVeigh. Peter McPhillips, Lindsay Buckingham, Lord Lindsay Buckingham, who owned British home stores, right? What was his name? Sir Peter Greenaway. No, he wrote music for Fleetwood Mac. Sir Philip Green. I did not expect him to sound like that. 
So, so Philip Green, I expected Sir Philip Green to be like that. And instead he's going, could you stop looking at me, please? What? He's, a, he's like, he's being questioned by a panel in a semicircle. Could you stop looking at me? What? It's putting me off. <laughs> Where do you want me to look? You arrogant, smug get. All of those people, right? Peter Green from British Home Stores. The JD Sports fella. And there was another one, another one last week. All dodge, uh, all dodge parts, weren't they all? Well, it was nothing to do with me, Gov. Peter Green, and I know that's not his name, but he is from now on. From British, so Peter Green from British Home Stores, right? All this money's gone missing from the, the, the pension. All this, all these, these employees, right? Former employees have now lost their jobs. All this money's gone missing from their pension. Did you know anything about it? No. Sorry? No. Some shops, some shops, actual British Home Store shops, were sold to his wife, right? Any tax paid on that? No. Why not? We were living in Monaco. Sorry. So you sold shops to your wife, and she was living in Monaco. It was good for my health. It's good for my health. Have you been to Monaco? It is not good for anybody's health. I've been there once. It was horrible. It's a horrible place. It's tiny. Really tiny roads. It's horrible. Didn't like it. It was there for a day. I was being paid to go there. You have to go in by helicopter. That's not good by anybody, for anybody's health. It's horrendous, right? Um, so he, all this money that's gone missing from the pensions, what can you tell us about that, Sir Philip Green? Nothing to do with me. You were the boss! What did you do? And this is one of the things that, what did you do then while, while you were there? Well, I managed, <laughs> I managed to save £400,000 by changing, uh, the coat hanger supplier. Did you hear that? He said that! I managed, I managed to save 400 grand by switching coat hanger supplier. What? But where's all the money from the pensions gone? Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. And then you get people like David Icke and you start to think, he's not, he's not talking as much nonsense as we all think he is. We don't talk about his theories so much. Although if you watch that Wogan clip, the Wogan show, a lot of what he says in it is not nuts. A lot of what he says actually makes sense. Apart from the bit where he said Saddam Hussein was dead in 1991. All that to one side, the show can be about all of those things or none of those things. I'm saying it just because it feels fraudulent for me to sit here with this list of stuff that I'm showing to the camera that I've brought with me. just feels fraudulent when you got Sir Peter Green getting arsy because he, he's lost a load of pension money. It wasn't me. Could you stop looking at me, please? What? You cockney barra boy, you shouldn't be running a ma- you shouldn't be running British home stores! He sold it for a quid! So we can talk about those things, we can talk about anything you want, guys. Anything you want. Tonight is gonna be one of them shows. If you're watching, if you're listening, now is an excellent time to call in 0844 499 1000. We call you back. Here's, <clears throat> here's today's quiz question, guys. Genuine quiz question. Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney to you, scumbag, is, um, Topical for two reasons today. Two reasons that Sir Paul McCartney is topical. Can you tell me what those two reasons are? Two big reasons. Two very, very big reasons. Don't Google it. That's cheating. And also one of them might not come up. 0844 499 1000. Andres. Hello. Hello. Hip, hip, hip. What you got for us? Hip, 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 indeed. 
Um, yeah, it's a funny thing about uh, BHS. It's not the reason why I called, but um, it's similar to what happened to uh, what's phone for you or something like that. For, um, for what? 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 Phones. What's the phone company that went into administration not oh. not too long ago? I I thought, well, was it phones for you? Did they go bust? Yeah, because the yeah, annoying adverts. So. It's because the annoying adverts were that smug American. Probably, yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know even what, what happened to the to the pensioners there. Um, no, well, 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 you know, the world has gone nuts. And you know what, guys? Here's my prediction. It might not be the next, right? But Marks and Spencer's will go bust. That, that's definitely going to happen. Marks and Spencer will go bust. How the hell is W.H. Smith still operating? <laughs> Have you been in there? I go in there to buy, um, to look at the music magazines and maybe buy one if I've written an article for one of them. Um, but you, and I buy, go in there to buy comics for the kids. But that's it, right? What the hell is W... What, what is W.H. Smith's for, Andres? To be honest, the only time I've had to be to one of them is just because there was a post office inside. <laughs> WTF? Yes, yes. Post office inside. I, I, I got... I, I, there always... There's a, there's a Twitter feed, and I can never remember the name, but there's a very funny Twitter feed, which is... All it does is post pictures of the floors of W.H. Smith's, Right. They are filthy. Go into a Smith's, right, and have a look at the floors. They are filthy, man. And also, it's just the... Mo- First yeah. of all, they keep moving all the magazines around. But what? what is it... Has anyone ever been to the back of a WH Smith's? What the hell is at the back? It's, it's talking about bookshops, but the other one is, uh, is Waterstones. That's the other one. Um, how, how did those shops survive? I went into Waterstones today in Uxbridge, yeah. right, because we have a young gentleman called um, Waterstones Uxbridge who follows me on Twitter and messages me quite a lot, right? And I went and saw my friend Scott. We went and sat, of course. Here's the thing. There was a giant deck chair, right, a really, a really big deck chair outside the shopping centre or in, in Uxbridge, right? And I said to my mate Scott, are we allowed to sit in that? He went, yeah, of course. I said, well, let's sit in it and let's get someone to take a picture. And these two lads were coming. I said, excuse me, lads. Called them lads. I said, excuse me, lads. Could you take a picture of me and my mate sat in that giant deck chair? And he went, yeah, all right. And do you know what he did, Andres? What? He got his phone out to take the picture on his phone. I said, no, 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 no. Could you do it on my <laughs> phone, please? What a weird thing. Imagine going, in fact, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to go up to people and say, could you take a picture of me? And they go, yeah. I go, go on then, get your phone out. That's what I'm going to do. Anyway, we went into Waterstones Uxbridge to see Waterstones Uxbridge, and he wasn't there. Okay. Okie dokie. It's interesting one those counterintuitive things, but it's a funny one. Yes. Um, yeah, and I was going to say as well that, mm. uh, to be honest, um, you mentioned Peter Green and, and the other guy that gave money to a wife, uh, to his wife. If you think about it, it's not really that different to uh, a lot of politicians. I, I can't really speak for uh, politicians in the oh, UK. Like you mean you mean Sir Peter Green? Sir Peter Green, when he, he, yeah. he, he sold um, some British home store shops to his wife, who lived in Monaco. Exactly, and um, a lot of politicians do that, as in you know they put their wife, um, be their personal assistants and things like that. Um, I don't, I don't, I well. don't have a problem with members of Parliament making uh, giving jobs to their wives such as personal assistant i don't have a problem with that because um d- d- kind of kind of qualified wives well what qualifications do you need to be a personal assistant uh, supposed to be uh, someone's wife 
No, 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 but honestly, I don't have a problem with that, because who better to know what your diary is and what you're up to than your, your partner, person that you live with? And if they haven't got a job and they're capable of arranging interviews and meetings and, and fulfilling your diary, commi- then, then why not? Why wouldn't you do that? I don't have a problem with that. That's a fair point, I suppose. It's good, isn't it? It's a good one, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a very good reason. I, I thought I'd put it that way, actually. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the, I'm, I'm, in that case, Andres, you can give your wife a job. Well, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd love a personal but, assistant. You know, you can also... If if, you, if I had a person... I remember, if, if I had a personal assistant, you could say, um, can you make sure that um, my shirts are sent to the dry cleaners? And you get... And then you'd have all your shirts pressed, and they'd come back nice and pressed with the plastic over the top and all of that stuff. That's what I get a personal assistant for. Yeah, but you know you know how that feels? You mentioned about what's wrong with this world. It would make me feel wrong. Ha- me needing a personal assistant, I mean, having someone that I can command, it somehow feels wrong. Oh, I'd love it. I would love it. I want someone I can command. All I've got is Kath, and she is she is tetchy. She's tetchy at the best of times. I want someone I can command. I command you to make sure all of my shirts are pressed for tomorrow. Uh, you should be like uh, like free, you know. If, if they want to help you, they'll oh, be. Shut uh, up, man. Well, you some kind of hippie. You, you, I tell you what. Why don't you go and smoke a bit more reefer um, and, and and go and make free love to someone in a field? Are you nuts? We should all be free. Get out of here, man! No, I want to employ someone. Yeah, for uh, for you know for certain dignity at work. For certain dignity at work, you've got it. That's my motto, Andrews. Thank you, Ian Lee. For certain dignity at work. 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number if you give us a call. Boyley, come in here. What's your beef? I'm, I'm starting, you're starting to get on my nerves tonight. All, it's all this staring at me. And I'm watching you too, Id. I'm watching you. What's your beef? Oh, nothing. I just saw how much you enjoyed telling me to get a car for our guest earlier on and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, You've I got, been loving it. I did. You, I, I, ordered I couldn't tell you, you to uh, do one in front of them. No, no. I was, I was throwing my weight, my incredibly increasing weight around <laughs> uh, at you, and um, I felt like Miss Money Penny. I don't have a problem. Um, try that, Mike, because it's gone. All oh, okay. cack, it's gone all cack again. Um, that was better. I don't have a problem yeah. with. Um, I don't have a problem with MPs giving jobs to their, no. their partners and their wives and, and their family. And hey, guys, you know nepotism? It, it, it's a good thing, isn't it, nepotism? It means that he's accessible. Yeah. Uh, also, he's looked after, you know, they work long hours, and I would rather, if I was the MP's right. wife, I'd rather I was seen to him rather than someone else. Um, you know, um, and if, if when my boys are older, if they choose to work in this industry, in, even if they don't choose to work in this industry, if I can pull any strings... Or call in any favours to get them work experience or a job somewhere, then I'm going to do it, aren't still I? still the way things work in every industry, isn't it? Well, yeah, it? I don't see a problem. It's jealousy. It's jealousy. I didn't get into the... My, my dad worked in, in TV, but not in any way to do with in front of the camera. He was kind of behind the camera. And I, I um, rejected any help that he offered me. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I got this career through hard work and pure luck. A lot of it was luck, right? Um... Uh, and I kind of d- 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 turned my back on him for quite a long time. But if my boy, if I can help my, if my boys want to work in the radio, 
And if I can help them, of course, of course I will. Well, my dad was a journalist and his help was to tell me not to become a journalist because there was no money in it. And then when he realised I was determined to do it and I could write, yep. he said, don't become a, a newspaper journalist because there's no money in it. Yep. And he <laughs> thought that maybe there was more money in broadcasting. There wasn't. But he could help me out with certain things in journalism. I got some work experience. But if you're rubbish, you know, the door's shut behind you just as fast as it's opened. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... I, d I think everyone would do that for their kids. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand, out. Oh, really? Out. I've got something to, um, show you. <laughs> Is it a nice cup of tea? Mm. Is that? Okay. Alan Caddick! Hip, hip, hip. Oh. Hip, hip, hip. Caller number two. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. I blame Kath this time. Why do you blame Kath this time? Because she put me on hold yeah. at 10 o'clock. Well, I would be first caller. But then you went on a rant about Philip Green. Yeah, yeah. So Philip Green from Fleetwood Mac and British Home Stores, yes. This is the man who sold BHS for a pound. I'd have bought it for a quid. Where does he advertise it? Like Gumtree or something? Because I would pay a quid for British Home Stores. I would pay a quid for British Home Stores, and then what I'd do is I'd go into the branch in Slough, I'd go downstairs to the lighting department, doorbells. I'd, I'd ring all of the doorbells at once, and when an assistant came to tell me to stop it, as they did when I was a little boy, I would um, I'd give them the one-finger salute, and I would go and pick up a big broom, and I would smash all of the lights up. Security would come to get me, and I'd say, get your hands off me! They'd say, you are a yob and a lout, and we are going to throw you from this store. And I'd say, don't you dare, because... I own it. own it. And they'll say, no, you don't. You're not Sir Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac. And then I pull out of my pocket a crumpled receipt that will say, bought British home stores, cost one pound, signed Sir Peter Green, brackets of Fleetwood Mac. I'd wave that in their faces. They would have to unhand me. And then I would get them to apologise to me. And then I would go and burn all the clothes. That's what I would have done. And get the security guards fired. And get the security guards fired. And then, then after I'd done that, I'd go and check what was going on with the pensions, make sure they were okay. But that's pretty much, that's pretty much what day one would have looked like had I bought British home stores for a pound. But, but he messed it up. Man, they messed it up. Those guys messed it up. What a surprise. The big businessmen at the top of the chain don't give a stuff about workers that work for them. What a surprise. It's just like the unions, um, when the unions went on strike. Well? Which is a throwback to the 70s again. Yes. Uh, remind me of that song when you're singing, you're glad to be gay. Yeah. Are you glad so, to be gay, uh, Alan? I'm not gay because I've got a gay brother, but I've been singing that song all week. It's a good song, isn't it? It Can makes me... a bit of it? It's oh, only cheering up. Uh, the world needs. Hang on a second. Let's hang on a second. Tom Robinson. Let me find Tom Robinson. It, isn't it sad that we uh, that this song is relevant thirty five years later that we're still. There we go. Let's just skip forward a bit. Hang on. Police are the best in the world. You gonna join in with the chorus, Alan? Yeah. All right. Hang on a second. Let's get um. Russ, are you gonna join in on the chorus with us? Russ. Hello. You gonna join in on the chorus with us? I don't know the words. You'll know the words, buddy. Here we go. Down, Here we go. Rest as kicked on the ground, searching their houses. You ready, Alan? Ready. You feeling it? Ready. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Here we go, Russ. Come on, you'll get it soon. Join in with me and Alan. Sing it. 
you're glad to be gay. Sing your happiness, wife. Sing your glad to be gay. Sing your happy that way. Go on, guys, you sing solo. Acapulco, go on. Violin, Timothy's. We're going wrong. We're not going home. We're not going down. We need some help. We have to hold. We need some love in this messed up world. We're looking at them, but hard to be found. We're England, we're glad and we're proud. But we're to play, we're not so sure. We're gonna score one more goal. Singing, we're glad to be gay. Singing, we're happy this way. Hey, singing, you're glad to be gay. Singing, you're happy this way. I'll have that chorus, please. Oh, Alan Caddick. Thank you, buddy. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. It's a good song, isn't it? It's a good song. (laughs) Um, I wonder if I can get it on iTunes. Yeah, you can. You can. I got it. That's where I got it from. 99 pence. Or Spotify. Um, uh, probably. Probably. Alan, did we get to the point of your call? I think we just did. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Russ, stay there. Jonathan, stay there. 0844 499 1000. Oh wait, a four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. If you want to give us a call, we will call you back. Russ is on the line. Evening, Russ. Good evening. It's my um, my theme tune. It's it's disappeared. I'm afraid it, it, it only la- it only lasted for a month. I'm afraid, and it's expired. Yeah. If you want a new, if you want the theme tune, you have to apply for a new license. The laws have changed, Russell. The laws have changed. Sorry about that, buddy. I know these things happen. It happens to all of us. Trust me. What you got for us, Russ? (laughs) A couple of things. Uh, First of all, you're on about a personal assistant. Yes. A PA. I think you need personal protection. Oh, is that a threat? No, no, it's not a threat. I'm saying it's... I feel um, threatened, so it must be a threat. If you need... You never know in your job with your um, again. Let's get very controversial. Thre- controversial. Very threatening, Russell. Very threatening tone yeah. tonight. What's gone into you? You <laughs> never, you never know if you'll need it with your controversial tone. Well, you might. You never know if ever you need. Um, if ever you need personal protection, close protection, call cyber security services. Dan, why are you threatening me? What have I done? To, what have I ever <laughs> done to you? <laughs> what have I'm I not... ever done to you? <laughs> You never know in the future if you need security, you know to call. Here's the thing, Russ. Can you record this, please, Catherine, and put it in the death box, right? When I'm murdered and you're standing in the dock, right, and the the prosecution plays this clip to you, Russ, you're going to curse the day you said it. Curse the day you said it. Russ? Russ? What the hell happened there? He, Russ bottled it. He bottled it. Um, Jonathan's in Swansea. Evening, Jonathan. Evening. Hello, boss. What you got? Social media censorship. Here we go. Yes, I'm in. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what a funny world we live in. When the Breitbart uh, reporter, Milo Yiannopoulos, gets banned from Twitter because he retweets all the death threats he's got from knuckle-dragging savages who want to behead him for being gay. Yes. But it's all right for left-wing Americans to create kill Donald Trump accounts 
and tweet about how they're going to kill Donald Trump because he's literally Hitler. Who I don't know that I, I don't know the first gentleman you spoke about. Tell me about that. Well, he was apparently banned today for a short time uh, because he retweeted uh, a collage of tweets he had received yep. from Muslims threatening to behead him for being gay because he wanted to do a talk in Orlando yeah. in spite of what happened on Saturday. Yeah. What's the guy's name? And he gets banned, but the people who want on. to kill Donald Trump, hang on. Th- that's okay. Hang on, 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 hang on. What's the fella's name? Milo Yiannopoulos. Mm. He tweets under the hashtag... Uh, not the hashtag, it's the at sign, at Nero. Okay, okay, let's, let's, let's have a little look. Um, he's suspended to Twitter. Um, um, let's see. What, let's, let's see. Okay, well, if, if, if he has received, do, are, um, the controversial conservative flamethrower. He is a, he is an SH1T stirrer, this gentleman, though, isn't he? Not as big as the ones who no, no, target no. him. We're not. We're not. We're, we're, let, we're, we're, we're not playing top trumps, right? I'm. I'm aware of this gentleman vaguely. He does like to stir it up, doesn't he? Yeah, and so do his critics. Right, but but he does now. Has he actually been? Um. um yeah. Here's the thing. It doesn't... I'm reading an article about it, and I'm literally just Googling him. I, I do remember I've looked at this gentleman before. We don't know why he's been booted off Twitter. As he said, it's because he's retweeted those things. Because it won't be. Yeah. It, 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 it won't be. He, he has been under constant yeah. attack from the social just bot that controls Twitter and yeah. Facebook and he, uh, Google. Yeah, but he won't have been banned google he won't have been banned from twitter for retweeting what other people have said to him well let's play devil's advocate if you're right yeah how come he's banned for that for something relatively trivial well, 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 yet, twi- yet twitter we don't know Facebook, why he's banned. and youtube think it's perfectly acceptable to promote the assassination of donald trump to murder his supporters right. to brand people like me fascists yeah. because we want to protect your kids from savages who worship a seventh century jimmy Savile. right he did tweet- I'm not having a go at you. No, no, no. I'm not having a go at you. No, no, no. He, I mean, the, the the one tweet I can see here from Milo is "fu Islam." I agree with that sentiment. Well, yeah, but it's not, but but you didn't mention that he tweeted "fu Islam." I don't obsessively stalk his Twitter. Okay, but but the the, the point that we're trying to establish is why was he kicked off twitter and you've come up because it was he, he won't have been booted off because he retweeted the the abuse that he was sent to him and yet the first thing i find is fu islam yeah because what we've learned from the weekend yeah. is that in the progressive of the oppression olympics yes gays rank lower than muslims right. but if you criticize islam you're a fascist no, you're even not. though no, islam not. has more in common with fascism right. than anything since 1945 right okay um you're not called a fascist if you criticize islam 
But you are. Believe well, me, I've been okay. called it several okay. times. Okay, I've been called all kinds of things. I, I, but I've criticised Islam. I, I'm not a fascist. No, you're not. No. You're a good radio presenter. Well, and you're a good you're a good caller. I'd like to think so. Well, yeah. Um, but y- y- you are allowed to criticise Islam. Not anymore. No, According you, no. to Jack Dorsey, mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg, George Soros. You can't do that anymore. You, you're, it's a hate crime. You're a racist. No, you're, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're, you're, you're not though. You 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 want you want to be perceived as that, John. No, we don't. But you're not. We don't. You're not. We really don't. You're not. We want we want to be perceived as normal people, but we're surrounded yes. by idiots who have been brainwashed with cultural Marxism. Right. But but you you haven't because you, you can come on this show and you can criticise Islam, you can criticise Christianity, you can criticise uh, uh, all forms of uh, uh, yeah. Belief. I'm an equal opportunities offender. You're perfectly welcome to come on my Twitter feed. Women obey UKIP and abuse me. What? Hang on a minute. What's but your? Don't what? tell me that I'm worse than some self-hating homosexual Muslim who murdered. 49 people. No, but, but I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody is saying that you are worse than that Dodge Pot who, who, who committed that atrocity in Orlando. They're making all sorts of apologies, and instead of focusing on the elephant in the room, Islam, no, it's no. about, there are too many yeah. guns in America. Yeah, well, there are. No, I, we need guns to protect ourselves no. from the nutters. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> you know that you know that that doesn't work. The the, the if, if we had more guns, um, these if massacres wouldn't happen. Guns, we nonsense. might have had less fatalities no. on Saturday. No. Well, how come how come this only really happens in America? Gun crime happens everywhere. No, 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 no. Doesn't no. stop the crime. Criminals was, do not respect. When gun was law. the last time we had um, um, a massacre in this country? We had two. We had that taxi driver and Raoul Moat, both in 2011. Right. And we're right. having various right. unreported right. black-on-black gun- right. gunnings in London and other right. cities. Right. But no. you can't mention um, that because you're yes. racist. No, you you're not. no, you're not. You're not. You're, you, you, you want to be perceived as a racist, but you're no, not. No, we don't. We want to be perceived as I'm t- I said, when was the last in time? In insane world. When was the last time... We had a massacre. I mean, how many people did the taxi driver shoot? F- three or fifteen four? or something? How many did he kill? Uh, Twelve. Okay. How I many did How many sure. did Ralph Moat kill? About five or so. Okay. All right. I'm and when, sure. when was that? Two thousand and eleven. Yeah. Okay. So that's Both fi- of them. That's five years ago. When was the last massacre before that in this John country? Blaine. Right. And when John was Blaine that? In ninety six. Well. Well, you just you just proved my point, Jonathan. No, criminals do not respect no, uh, gun but we're laws. Talking, no, no, no. But we're talking about massacres. When was the last massacre in America before this one? Not that long I ago. Lost yeah, ex- exactly. Because they, they, they have unregulated that, gun laws. Too many guns. It's because what? the wrong sorts of people are getting their hands on guns. Right. There's a certain uh, <laughs> demographic of people. Go on. 
we belong to that can handle our guns responsibly. But unfortunately, because we are egalitarian yes. and want to treat others like we yes. wish to treat ourselves, but don't you we see, also allow other people don't, who don't share our values to gu- to buy guns and then gun themselves and us down. You mean mu- you mean you mean Muslims? You mean Muslims? Not just Muslims. I'm talking about La Raza. I'm talking about. The, uh, the Trayvon Martins and the, um, what, what's his name, uh, Michael Brown? The Black Lives Matter racist supremacist thugs, people like the African People Socialist right. Party so hang on a minute. So, Garvey Codzo. Right, okay, so you're saying, I, I'm, I'm just trying to f- stumble away, my way around what you're saying. Are you saying, Jonathan, that we should only give guns to white people? At the moment, based on the evidence, yes. Not because I'm a racist, but because I look at the demographic. That is a bit racist. That that is a bit. That is by definition is a bit racist. Saying we shouldn't. Give, I don't we care shouldn't anymore. Give, no, I don't care no, anymore. No, no, no. I am just sick and tired of. No, I'm sorry. That I, word I know you've been so devalued. Well, I'm. I'm really, no longer an insult. Well, no, but I'm. I, but no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's an insult. I'm saying it's the same. You, you're, you're saying that you're not a racist, but then you did just say something that I would perceive, and I think many people would interpret as being racist. We can't trust black people and Muslims, uh, brown Muslims. Look at the. Anyone can be a Muslim. Yeah. Anyone. I could decide to become a Muslim tomorrow and start yeah. killing people. Sandy Hook. Yeah, white guy. Yeah. Bad. Col- that was Col- bad. Um, the, the, the guy who pretended, thought he was the Batman in um, the cinema. Yeah, he what? was insane. He was white. Yeah. Right. And insane. And the, the, y- y- your point's kind of veering all over the place. Let's go back to the fella last week, right, in, in Orlando. You see it as a Muslim, as, as an, a, a, an attack from, from, because he was Muslim, yeah? It was an attack by someone who subscribed to extremist Wahhabi Islam. Right. No. He was just, he was just, a, he was just, um, it, well, he was just, he was, um, very confused, mentally ill, homosexual. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, no doubt about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He forms a mental illness. He, well, no, 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 to a nine-year-old no, girl. No, 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 no. Islam is not a mental illness. It's a religion, right? One that I don't subscribe to. I don't subscribe to any religion. It's not. Oh well, illness. you're an atheist, so you think all religions are mentally ill. No, I no, I no. Come on, be fair. No, I'm not. I, I'm not an atheist. I think I think I'm an agnostic. Fair enough. I'm not here to criticise your religious beliefs. How old was Mary then? She was probably uh, in her teens. She was ten. Really? Yep. Well, I'm not a Catholic scholar. I'll have to ask my, uh, the have a word. Uh, Catholic have a word. theologian I know about. Have a word, because Mary was ten. Anyway, right? Um, from from what I have read about the chap that did the murder last week, right? He um. Uh, was wasn't a member of ISIS. He was just kind of like an, an, an ISIS family. Yeah, he, he, it was inspired, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he was inspired well, by Al Nusra. But it's like it's like someone tweeted this, and I can't remember who it was. But it's like someone wearing a cure T-shirt, killing um, uh, people, and then saying, "Oh, it was because he was a member of the Cure." Do you know what I mean? Or the Beatles wearing a Beatles yeah, T-shirt? Yeah, I get what you mean. He was a fanboy. He was he was a, he was a just, fanboy. He was mentally I'm just ill and at the data. was angry I'm with just, his. He was angry. And upset and bitter and ashamed or whatever about being gay. 
There were other things other than uh, being gay that made him go cuckoo. There Can are millions of people who are like that and don't go around killing people. Can I ask, how come you know so much about Islam, but yet you don't know uh, um, anything about Christianity? I do know about Christianity. Okay. I do know about the terrible things that we've done. Well, no, just, it's just that you, know, you, you, you talk about uh, Muhammad and a nine-year-old, but you didn't know about Mary being ten. Well, I, I don't recall the verse where it no. explicitly stated that Mary was a ten-year-old. No. But I do know about... I've got two copies of the Quran. I've been to Saudi Arabia, and I almost died in Saudi Arabia. Some nut job belonging to Osama bin Laden decided to blow up the American army base. So I have a pretty good first-hand view of Islam. And this was well before 9-11 and all that. And I tried for 20 years to give Islam the benefit of the doubt. Not all Muslims. Not all Muslims. Don't tar them all with the same brush. But, you, but they're but not... But to the point no, where, no. I, where I discovered I'd become another Neville Chamberlain. No, but, but you can't... You, you, but you can't, Jonathan, tar them all with the same brush. It's like, it's like the, 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 the violence that's going on in, in France, right, from the English football hooligans, right? Do we tar mm. all English people with that brush? Do we tar all white people with that brush? Do we tar all middle-aged men with that brush? No, of course we don't. I, I see what you're getting at, but I'm also looking at the data. And uh, from what uh, from what I've and I've done extensive research, but the data the data of football years. hooligans the data of football hooligans in France in this tournament are they are predominantly white men from either Russia or England, right? But that, does that mean all Russians, all Russian white men? Are, no, of course not. All no. English white men are football? No, of course not. It's a tiny, tiny minority. Yeah, I I, I understand where you, you're coming from, but yeah. There's Takia and Kitman, lying and concealment. How many talking heads do we have in this country that pay lip service to things like equality and diversity and tolerance, but are actually secretly in agreement with these people, and the only time they're inconvenienced by the likes of Anjem Chowdhury is when Chowdhury... Uh, to give him credit, is actually upfront and honest about what he and his fellow Muslims want to do. Oh, he's a, he's an SH1T stirrer, Mr. Chowdhury. Oh, I, I I would like to do things to him that are not legal to mention on the radio. You want to, what, what do you want to do? Make love to him? <laughs> Why don't you and Anjan Chowdhury make love with to each other, and then the world would be a nicer place, Jonathan, wouldn't it? He might get afterwards. <laughs> okay, get, get stoned before it makes it uh, even more pleasurable. Jonathan, thank you very much indeed. I'm joking, of course. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. We're back. We're doing late night radio, guys. This is this is late night radio, and this is the beauty of this show. Uh, if if you've just tuned in for the first time, this show has no agenda. It has no real kind of. Um, uh it's about nothing it's about everything and it's about nothing and that was a perfect example of that you know um jonathan's welcome to anyone's welcome to come on and criticize any religion and uh, fair play to jonathan he took my challenges uh uh, as as challenges which is what i'm gonna do if you come on and say stuff i'm gonna challenge you i'm not like some other late night radio hosts who have a similar name to me, 
who um, are just taking the dollar and let you go on and make your points and then go, thanks, great call. Who's next? You know, I, I'm not going to do that. There's no point in me doing that. Might as well get a robot in. Um, that was a great line, though. I'm not a racist, but I want to ban black people and Muslims from having guns. I think I want to criticise this. When I got in trouble at the BBC for uh, arguing with um, a couple of Christians calling them bigots i had loads of people including john gaunt you wouldn't say that to muslims i could easily have replied saying i already have and sent them the clip do you remember Catherine? we were talking about a muslim primary school and they had um they found ofsted is it ofsted found loads of books in the library um basically saying that homosexuals should be should be stoned to death in a primary school and we had one of the governors, I think, from the school on. And um, I did it, it pretty much exactly what I did to the Christians. I said to him, and this was like six months, a year before, no one picked up on it. So I, 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 I taught him another one. I said that he was a bigot and that that, uh, that that stuff should not be anywhere near children, let alone primary school children, and that that stuff was bigoted. So I have said the same thing to Muslims. I will, if I think something's wrong, if I think something is um, is unpleasant and nasty and bigoted, uh, whatever religion or lack thereof, I'll pick up on it. Is it agnostic when you think that there might be something, but you, you're, you're not sure? Yeah, I'm more, I'm more agnostic than atheist. Um, but, you know, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, as I said at the start of the show... The world has gone nuts, hasn't it? Um, with all the stuff that's going on abroad with Orlando and, uh, I mean, the whole, uh, the argument that, um, anyway, the point I was making is the show has no agenda and we don't always d- deal with issues. Jonathan's called in with that. He wanted to say that. Absolutely fine to say that. You can phone in and talk about anything that you want. R- ridiculous, trivial, heavy, whatever, man. It's all cool. Okay, You will not get turned away on this show because you're not addressing the one question we're asking this hour, which a lot of other shows do. No, no, no. There is no one question. Can I bring you back to the question? There is no question. The question is, what do you want to talk about? 844 But the argument that having more guns in America would stop gun crime is nuts. Okay, I mean, okay, you could argue had someone else had a gun in that nightclub, they could have taken the fella out. But, 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 do you, guns in nightclubs? Really? Is that what you want? Because you know sometimes it can turn a little bit tasty in a nightclub. We've all seen, we've all been in a boozer or a club where one bloke has gone psycho. Would you want him with a gun at the bar? You just spilt my pint. You're staring at my boyfriend. I've had that. What are you staring at my girlfriend for? I don't, I go into a thousand yard stare sometimes. And I just, we stare, what? We've all been with those psychopaths. Imagine if they had a gun. Flipping heck. (laughs) <laughs> this show is this show is still in the um the early stages of development right a long long way to go before we get it to where i want it to but every now and then i get a little glimpse of what this show could be and will be like and this first hour has been spot on 
spot on. It's a little glimpse into the future of what of what you lot have got coming. You, in a year's time, man, you're not going to recognise this show. It's and and the competition are going to LBC and BBC London and Five Live. They're going to switch off at ten o'clock. They're going to realise there's no point in them carrying on with their nonsense. If you want to give us a call, we've got no calls lined up, so now is an excellent time. 0844 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. In about 15 minutes, we'll play the uh, David Icke interview. I think it's unlike any interview with with, uh, Mr Icke that you will have heard. Uh, Daniel, Luke, stay there. We'll come to you straight after 11. If you want to give a call, now will be a really good time, actually. 0844 499 1000. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hang on. He's sorry, I'm going to play something. That last uh, clip from the defense for Oscar Pistorius. I'm sorry, Oscar. You stopped being a hero when you murdered your girlfriend. (laughs) You kind of stopped being a hero when you stormed off at the Olympics when you lost, refused to shake the hand of the guy that beat you, and then went on Twitter to have a bitch, right? But any semblance, but you could still be perceived as, you know, being a, an advocate for disability and e- equality and all that. But any remnants of heroism you had was when you when, when you murdered your girlfriend. And we, because <laughs> he they, he took off his prosthetic legs and he walked across the thing. And he's tiny. He's tiny in real life. You can't put him in prison. What? What's that? Hang on a minute. All his all his life. All his career, he has been campaigning for equality for disabled people. All right, mate, off to prison you go. That's quite equal, isn't it? Oh, hang on a second. So equality for disabled people, but now you're being done for murder. You want to have things a little bit special for you. (laughs) Is that what you're saying, isn't it? All my life I have campaigned for equality for disabled people, but now I'm going to prison for murder. I'm disabled and I don't want to go. I'll be so much smaller than everybody else in there. Flip it, eh, Oscar? I'm sorry, mate. You mu- you murdered her. Off you go. It's only 15 years anyway. It seems very, very um, low to me. I, c- I can't go to prison because I'll be so much smaller than the other guys. In you go, Oscar. Bye-bye. Send a tweet about that, fella. Um, tonight's show, by the way, can we... Can, can we um, uh, Luke, Daniel... Hello? Did some, yep. did, who, who burped then? Someone was mid-burp. Oh, no, I'm eating um, a chow mein. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. Can we have a round of applause for Andrew Kay? You ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Andrew Kay has just sent the best tweet of my life. Listen to this. After 22 years of listening to LBC, I've defected to talk radio. I'm sick of their soulless right-wing agenda. It's a real downer. Andrew Kay, tonight, this show is dedicated to you. Yes, we have so few listeners, guys. We can do that. Andrew, the show is yours. We're going to maybe annoy you a little bit because we've got a half-hour interview with David Light coming up in about ten minutes. But before that and after that, Andrew... The show's yours, baby. You're producing anything you want. You just tweet me. You tweet me. And uh, we'll we'll do it for you. How about that, Luke? Is that okay? Yes, yeah, good. What a nice... What a nice uh, he's just replied, you're a top bloke. Thanks. He'll learn. He'll learn. But until then, Andrew, the show is yours. Uh, Luke, what you got for us, boss? Yeah, just a quick and mate. Number one, <laughs> I have not seen that Puma lately. Because I know you left 
spoke to you about oh, us and yeah. said you're going to come down. Well, I didn't say, where was the puma that you saw? It was not far from where I work. Hang on, who's banging, who's banging a saucepan now? Certainly ain't me, I'm on a patrol. Daniel? Yes? Are you banging a saucepan? No, I'm eating chow mein. You're eating chow mein as well as Luke? No, I don't eat that. Who's, who's eating chow mein? I'm eating a chow mein. Luke? It's brilliant, lovely. What? Daniel's eating chow mein, but why is your chow mein made of ceramic? No, that's the bowl. <laughs> right. There's lovely crispy bits on Okay, on well, could you, could you maybe be a little bit less... Uh, it, 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 try and curb your enthusiasm. Series 9 of that coming out, guys. Could you try uh, and curb... Man. Could you try and curb your enthusiasm, Daniel, around the chow mein, while I try and talk to Luke about his, um, his puma? All right, go on. Thank you very much. Luke, away you go, sir. Apologies for yeah, doing what awful. it is. Like I said, to, when I spoke to you last time about the puma, I've not seen it lately. Yeah. Because you said you're going to pop down. Well, I don't... All right. I remember saying... I if you do pop, come down, down, I'll get the bacon butties on. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Yeah? Please, mate. Luke is... Yeah. Is um, talking about a, 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 a imaginary. Uh, sorry, he's talking about a puma. Imaginary. Imaginary. No, no. I want to Leicestershire and Rutland Panther watch on the oh, website. Panther. Okay, but Daniel, can you just button it, please? Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to eat a chow mein. No, yeah. You keep talking to me. I'm missing out on this chow mein. You keep you, you talk to Darren or whatever it is. It's Luke. His name's Luke. Luke. What's your, what's your, what's, what's with the beef tonight, Daniel? Is it beef chow mein? Uh, no, it's chicken chow mein. Luke. It's beautiful. Oh. Yes. Yeah. All right. You don't believe me. Go on to Leicestershire mm. and Rutland Panther Watch on okay. the website. Oh, well, mm. Yeah. It'll carry. be all on there. Just ignore him, Luke. Ignore him. We'll carry on. Yes. And the second one is... Yes. How much would it cost me to get your autograph and your producer's autograph? Because she is one stunning, very beautiful lady. Which producer? Look, Catherine, here. Yeah. It will cost you £50. £45 for mine and £5 for her. Mm. I do to that. Hey. I've sent, I've sent you both a Twitter message anyway earlier on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did it, did, did, was it, was it as creepy as that last sentence you said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny. Oh, yeah. No, just read it and you'll have to reply both of you to my messages. Okay, well, I don't, I can't see them, but I will certainly look out for them. <laughs> Luke, stay there. Daniel, have you, yep. what have you called him for, yeah. chow mein boy? Uh, I've been watching Chicken Fish, but, Fish Boy. Yes. Um, you've, I've just seen your Richard Herring thing. Oh yeah, what do you reckon? Any good? I thought it was brilliant. I, I, had to get, I had to get. I had to ask him to take a bit out. What did you take out? I'm not going to say. There was I mean, perhaps me being oversensitive, but we were okay. We were we at the start of it. We were vaguely critical of a show that I do that pays quite well, and I felt bad about. It. I wasn't. I defended it, but Richard was a little bit critical of it, and I had to say, "Look, I'm really sorry. Can we take that out? Because I don't want to upset Big my brothers." No, no, I don't want to upset those losers. Um, but. Well, it was on. It was on a channel. Yes, I can certainly. I can certainly say that much. But you enjoyed. You thought it was okay, did you? The old um, Richard Herring thing. I did. I thought it was very funny. Okay. okay. Uh, I've got a couple of questions. Oh, can wait. I ask you a couple of questions? Of course you can, Danny. 
Yeah. It's, a, it's all right, isn't it, Luke, if he asks us a couple of questions? Oh, yes. Oh. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Luke. Yes. The microphones. Yes. What? Why are they flat at the top? Sir? You know, they seem to be flat at the top. Well, these, what, these ones in the studio? No, the ones at uh, Richard Herring. Oh, that is an excellent question, right? It's your standard holding mic that your Frank Sinatra's would sing, and they all have a little dent in at the top, and I don't know if that's deliberate or accidental. So, I don't know. I I was imagining that everybody drops their microphones on, and they get a... Yeah, I would never drop a a microphone. I would never drop a microphone, because they they do break very easily. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, Daniel. Next. Uh, the bottled water. Yes. By the end of the programme, isn't it just warm and rank? Yeah, uh, y- well, yeah, I mean, I prefer it cold, but yes, yes. The worst thing is when you leave a bottle of water in your car for three days and you're thirsty and you drink it. That's when, that's bad. That's bad news. I did that with the chicken soup. Yeah, we go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Does that answer your question, Daniel? Uh, I've got three more. Oh, flip it. Well, uh, right, Luke, can I say goodbye to you? Yeah, no worries. Thank you, mate. What a nice man. Cheers, Bon-bonkers, Luke. Bonkers, but nice. The thing is, because we've got Phil F in green on now. Who? Phil F in green. Hello. Phil F in green. Hello. It's flipping Phil King Green here. Right. I want a word with you. Oh, oh I want a fucking word with steady, you. Steady. I've that heard. was a bit close. Steady. I've heard. I've heard you've been looking double at double me. Don't worry. No, I've right. heard you've been looking at me, Lee. <laughs> yes. I'm afraid you're making me very uncomfortable. I'm sorry to look at you're you. You're making me very uncomfortable. Sorry, Sir Phil Leffingreen. Stop looking at me. I'm not looking at you, sir. Stop looking at me. Stop. I'll tell you where you're going to have to look, mate. Yes. You're going to have to look over your shoulder. What? Have a look over your shoulder. Keep an eye out behind you. Because I'm going to be driving my yacht right up your King Harris, son. Thank you, okay, thank you very much indeed. There we go. Of course, King Harris, of course, oh, was... King Harris was a, um, uh, one of the um, often overlooked kings from uh, from uh, Egypt, King Harris. Uh, Daniel, you can ask me one more question, then we've got to take a break. Um, you've got a beard now. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I've got a beard now, yeah. It's a beautiful beard, I like it. Thank you. Tom Selleck had a beard in Friends. He, he had... It what in Friends? A moustache. He had a moustache in Friends. Right. Yeah. And he used a little comb to keep it straight. Do you use a little comb to keep your beard Yeah, straight? I do. I've got a comb in the car. I've got two, because I lost one. I had to go and buy one on Tuesday. Bought it in um, um, Asda, in Golders Green, for a quid. Um, and then I found the other comb again. So, yeah, when I'm driving, if you, you'll see me, you'll see me combing my beard because I, I like to comb it. When, but if I, if I'm not, like, I'm making a really big and bushy of this scope. If I do this, right, are you watching on Periscope? Uh, no. Look at my big bushy beard now. Look, you see? Look at that. Look at that. Big and bushy. So I do that sometimes. So, yeah, I have great fun with it. But I just, can I can get one from, where was it you were saying after? Yeah, have you got a beard, Daniel? Uh, well, I'm trying to grow one. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, okay, so don't call up for a bit. We're going to play um, the interview I recorded with David Icke earlier on today. Uh, I was dead nervous about meeting him, and um, uh, I shouldn't have been. He was he was lovely. Absolutely charming. I'd watched loads of interviews with him, like, that day, and I watched some before Christmas when I thought he was coming on then, and he pulled out. 
Um, and um, we really struggled to get him on. Kath was was talking to his son, and um, we were going to get him. Then he pulled out. We were going to get him, and he pulled out. And then he stopped replying to our text. And I sent him a tweet this uh, text this week saying, "Look, here's the thing: we're not going to get him on and take the pee." not going to ask him about lizard people. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. I want to know about David like the man. It sounds like a cliche, doesn't it? But it's true. I want to know about David like the man. I want to know what he is like. Um, so hopefully this will be an interview that you won't have heard with him before. Some of you watched it on Periscope. Um, and thank you for that. But for those of you who missed it, here's me talking to David Ike. It's nice to meet you. You too. I'm so relieved because I was quite nervous about meeting you. Why is it happening? Um, because... Because I bought into what how you're perceived in the press. All right, I bought that. He's a loony. Well, I knew you were. I didn't. I didn't think you were a loony. <laughs> I just in a lot of your interviews, you come across as quite stern. Some, do you know what I mean? Well, I tell. I tell. I just tell, come a little bit closer to the mic. Sorry, because it's, it's it, not the best. There we go. I tell. I tell you um, uh, why that comes across. And if you see my, you know, video cast that I put out on my website and yeah. social media every week you'll see that i don't come across like that yeah but you see what what you um permanently doing is um basically you, you you're going into a defensive mode in a way because um people are always trying to take the piss yeah, and they're always yeah. trying to um um you know make you look an idiot so you, you if you if you like you're on your guard mm. and that means you concentrate Whereas if we have a chat now, we can have a chat, and 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 we don't have to get into that um, to and fro kind of stuff that, that means I've got, I've got to um, be on my guard yeah. and 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 my real personality is just put on hold a bit. And it was interesting because I met you downstairs, uh, and I don't know what I was expecting, but you were nothing like I. And conjure up in my head. Do you know what I mean? That guy, that kind of you. Look, I mean, look, you're smiling now. <laughs> you got a naughty smile about you, and I've not seen that before. Oh, really? Stick around. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want this to be. I don't want this interview to be one of those where we kind of argue about beliefs and take. You know, and it's not a take the piss. There's no yeah. catch or anything. I'm really interested in you, David. Right. As a as a human being, right. And I want to talk, we were talking before we came in here about that interview, the Wogan interview. Uh-huh. The 25th anniversary, you were telling me. Yeah, just passed. It was, uh, 1991, um, I watched it today. It was really uncomfortable watching. And I, I probably laughed at the time I would have been uh, 18. And I laughed at the time. You know, I was one of those people laughing. Watching it now, 25 years later, as, as an adult, as a parent, as, you know, different, we're living in a different world. I felt really uncomfortable watching it. Really uncomfortable. It felt mean, spirited. How did it feel for you when you were sat there? Well, it, it, it was it was mean spirited, but but you see, um, people have a real problem when something is happening that's so different yeah. to um, what they're used to. Yeah, and uh, often they'll just ridicule it. Uh, almost as a defense mechanism like what's going on w what's happened to this bloke and some just ridicule because that's 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 who they are but you see i see it in a totally different light um i mean we haven't got time now because uh, it would take a, a long time to explain but there were there was a, a sequence of events that happened in my life which basically blew my head off and for about three months mm. um i didn't know what day it was what planet i was on or where i was and that that's when the Wogan show Would happened. Did you say that you'd had a breakdown? No, I had a breakthrough. Right, okay. I um if you um 
if you imagine you, you like most people, um, you live your life in a bubble of reality and you have certain senses of normal. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, someone come along and burst that bubble. Mm. And suddenly, um, everything you perceive to be normal and real um, went into a state of flux and transformation. Uh, and, and it's like <clears throat> information concepts, um, insights were pouring into my conscious mind and i've described it as like you know when you press too many keys on a computer mm. and it, it can't process the information it freezes so uh, basically that was me for three months it was almost exactly three months and in the middle was the wogan show and it wasn't quite you know wake up one morning but it was close to it the um the computer unfroze if you like <laughs> and you turned it off and on again and then um people were saying to me you know who knew me they're saying dave I, I thought you'd gone mad you're the same bloke i used to know I, I i was outwardly yeah but i wasn't in the way i saw the world i saw the world completely different i i saw things um that i didn't see before and that's what set me on this journey of um uncovering um information the nature of reality the nature of how the world's manipulated by forces that are not the ones we see the stuff you said in the interview as well it wasn't that far you know it wasn't that crazy i mean there are a couple of things that, you, that it could be argued you're wrong you said that saddam hussein had, was dead when when potentially he wasn't you may disagree with that but i was watching it and it's a 16 minute long interview it's quite a long interview and you know all th what you were saying about the number of kids that die every minute from diseases that are curable you know uh does that sound like a world that's being run in a in a positive no the, the world's way. a the world's a madhouse i mean that's yeah that's it is. That, that, that that's that, that these kind of pennies started to drop um i started to see the world in a completely different way and i realized um it was a complete madhouse completely bonkers but if you're brought up in a madhouse a crazy place and all you've ever known is the crazy place mm. The crazy is your perception of normal. And what happened to me when this I morphed out of the, the frozen mode, if you like, is I could see the world for what it was, completely bonkers and, and upside down and inverted. But, but because it's what people have known all their lives, it's normal. If, and, and if you look um, through history people who have been ahead of their time because they've seen beyond the normal of the moment of the time they're the ones that have been ridiculed yeah. dismissed burned at the stake well, you mentioned the people saying that the world was round yeah people would laugh at them as, as yeah oh, oh, by the way just a quick throwaway line for what it's worth um a few uh, uh weeks after i said that about saddam hussein the sunday times ran uh, a front place exclusive about all the um saddam hussein lookalikes yeah yeah, yeah. you remember, <laughs> I that? Do remember that and yeah. and, and, and when saddam hussein is supposed to have swum across the river to show he was fit and and and, and alive that actually um was a lookalike yeah. according to the sunday times so you know the, the the thing is that the world is so not like we think it is both in the nature of the reality we think we're experiencing 
um, and also in the nature of geopolitical events, that it's it's much better to hold your fire mm. and not be too dogmatic on this is how it is, because history shows that almost every time that this is how it is of the moment turns to turns out to be that this is how it's something else a bit further down the line you mentioned an interesting thing there was a there was a second interview with wogan wasn't there a few that's years right later, yeah where they kind of look that's back right yeah on that and i watched that as well and you mentioned something that actually we've been dis we've kind of been discussing on the show from time to time um it may have been when when the, um i can't remember exactly what the, what the context was but you said people are more interested in who shot phil mitchell yeah than what's going on in the real world and I am starting to notice that, 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 you know, that the newspapers are full of X Factor and Kim Kardashian and not looking at... Journalists aren't finding out stories. The VIP pedophile ring, well, that seems to have gone away because yeah. there's a new series of um, X Factor. You know, it's... The, and, of course, we've had an update on, on that today with uh, Clement Freud. Isn't that incredible? Yes. You see, um, back in the, in the mid-90s, uh, I started coming across people who were telling me about this Westminster pedophile ring. I talked to um, a, a, a lady who um, uh, had worked for um, the intelligence services who was telling me about the pedophile ring in North Wales, right? I actually met her up in Anglesey, actually. Um, and and the, the information was gathering and gathering and gathering. And I actually named Ted Heath in a book called The Biggest Secret in 1998 and, um, and, and others. And, of course, it was so much later after the ITV documentary on Savile, mm. that bingo, the, the bubble burst. And what's happened... Well, what, did it? It's not quite burst. I think that bubble's still kind of... Yeah, well, th this is the point uh, I was just going to make. Um, what's happened is that there was um, uh, basically a lot of information came out very, very quickly after that Savile um, documentary and all the other names that came out. And then you could see, I mean, I was watching it and I was I was saying on my website, this is this is what's going to happen. You could see the um, response to that building and suddenly um, uh, the, the, certain people in the media and certain newspapers were trashing it, the idea of a, a Westminster pedophile ring, and they were throwing it in the long grass with inquiries that weren't going to uh report for years mm. which is the classic way of throwing it away um but it won't go away and i'll tell you why it won't go away if people think what's come out so far is massive mm. well uh, strap in mm. because it is colossal and more and more will 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 come out and it will it will come down in the end uh, because there is a a westminster pedophile ring and not only was it operating during the Thatcher administration? It's operating now, um, and, and it, it will come out. But they're obviously they're desperately trying to to, to stop it uh, doing so. Do you ever, David? Um, do you ever feel like you're pissing in the wind? Do you know what I mean? That you're you're you're, sh you're, you're saying this stuff, and you get big audiences, huge audiences, and huge numbers of people buy the book. But um, there are still a significant number of people who think, "Oh, he's nuts." Oh, I used to like him when he was the, doing the football and the snooker. And he's, do you know what I mean? And that, that, that you're not being uh, taken as seriously as perhaps you would like to by well, a large the, group of people. The thing is, that's not my problem. That's their problem. And I'll, I'll tell you something. When I started out um, 26 years ago now, um, 25 since the Wogan show, uh, I couldn't fill a phone box 
I mean, you know, if I couldn't walk down any street in Britain without being laughed at by person after person, going into a pub or a bar, forget it, there was uproar. I remember speaking once, because, you know, I am—I must be crazy, because at the height of that, I went on a speaking tour of, of, of student unions. I went to one of those shows, so I was there, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I went to one in Nottingham, um, and I walked out and it was uh uproar and and uh plastic beer glasses were coming on the stage and stuff stuff like that and 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 i i went out there and i couldn't speak for a while because there was so much noise and uh I, I let it die down and then i said you think i'm mad don't you you think i'm insane yeah whoa, all that stuff and i let it die down again and i said so what does that say about you because you just you're you're paying to to ridicule a man you think yeah. is mentally ill right and there was silence but what that that what that uh gave me was in enormous strength to speak my my truth no matter uh what the situation was but g- going on to the point that you 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 you, mm. you brought up in those days trying to get anyone to look at any of this stuff in any serious way was virtually impossible there's this alternative media that's that's built up and built up through the internet didn't exist then you know i i I had to go around australia in the back of a little car not flights back of a little car all over australia speaking to 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 people i I went uh, across america speaking to people like you know like eight people and stuff like that to start with um and and you you build it up and gradually and gradually you start to make an impact and i i noticed a big increase in um interest after 9-11 and a big increase uh after weapons of mass destruction weren't found in iraq and so i can see where you're coming from when you say there's so many people mm. that are not listening but i tell you what I'm in freaking dreamland mm. compared with 25, 26 years ago. And I've seen the, the uh, not just in Britain, but g- globally, the number of people who are opening their minds to things and concepts and information they would have dismissed by reflex action before. There is an awakening going on. Is it is it the majority? Is it as many as we would like? And when I say an awakening, I mean an awakening to question things you haven't questioned mm. before. We take so much on face value. If if there's one disease that is taking humanity's freedom away more powerfully than almost any other, it is naivety. You know, people say things um, as truisms. Everyone knows that. But then they ignore the fact that it's true. Like they'll say, you never believe what the politicians say, but they do. Um, and then it's, you never believe what you, you read in the newspapers, but they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, not me. I don't believe what's in the newspaper. I, I can <laughs> tell what's made up and what's not. Everyone says that. Yeah. Well, I'm more intelligent than everyone else. They won't trick me. But we do. We read the newspapers and we take it at face value. Yeah, it's this naivety. And, and you know, if there's a bottom line of what I'm saying, uh, it is 
please think for yourself. It's like this UK, um, this EU referendum. Instead of saying, well, what are the Leave camp politicians saying and what are the uh, Stay In uh, camp politicians saying before I make my mind up, do your own research. <laughs> yeah. Do your own research. I want to go back to the Wogan interview. I read afterwards, that, that read about afterwards, that your life was miserable afterwards, that your kids were being packed you know people were taking pictures of them and turning up at their school is that right yeah yeah of course um that, that's what you get when you, you you do things like that but you see that must have been awful well it was awful but you know you know i, I have this phrase you know life um often gives you your greatest gifts brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmare um i went through historic levels of ridicule and it cleared me out of the um of what uh, the prison that most people live in, which is the fear of what other people think. Most people are not living their lives as they wish to live them, are not speaking their truth as they would like to speak it, because they are um, in fear of what other people will say, whether it's their parents, whether it's their, their people at work, whatever. Mm. And so instead of living their life and their truth and their uniqueness, they're living someone else's version of what they should be. That mass ridicule cleared me out of that. And now I have a family, a daughter, my two sons, and, you know, um, uh, Gareth is a singer-songwriter. He'll be playing at the event at Brixton on Saturday. Um, and they are rounded, confident um, uh, people who um, have taken the gift of what they went through and it's made them stronger and it's wow. made them bigger people and 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 everyone uh, you know my family went through it and came out stronger bigger people which they wouldn't have been without it when it was happening to your kids though did you not think cause i'm a dad i've got two little boys did you not think oh man i should not have brought this I, I, I'm responsible for what's happening to my my kids. Well, yeah, of, of course Maybe you I should shut up. Of, of course you think you. Of course you think that. But um, you know you can't judge a journey by by every step. You've got to see where the journey leads. Um, and often um, you don't know where the journey is leading until you bloody get there. Uh, and as the years have passed, um, my family, certainly myself, have seen the benefits of going through that. Mm. um that 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 those challenges and and they were seriously extreme uh and coming out the people we are not despite them but because of them mm. and if people listening to this a, a lot of people will uh as they say resonate with that because they will um, look back at great experiences and challenges that they had and they will see with hindsight the benefits that they they got from it so um i i look back at those times and that period of immense ridicule not quite with affection but not far off right. because That's, because yeah, it, it, it it's made me the person i am yeah. and i am delighted to be who i am uh, so it it was a gift uh, uh, although in the experiencing of it it was it was a bit of a nightmare do you think part of the the, the uh, uh, I, I like the I, if i've got this right as well a lot of the ridicule was based on a misrepresentation of what you said have i got this right you never said you were the son of god you said you were the son of a godhead well um we're going back to what i said earlier um in, in that three-month period i didn't know where i was right um because uh, of, of what was happening to me but um your dad had just died as well hadn't he well yeah about a year before okay and but 
what I'm saying now is, is <laughs> in a way, the same. Uh, when you look at reality, and it's, it's just extraordinary how people um, are systematically kept from understanding the nature of reality we're experiencing. I'll give you an example. Mm. According to mainstream science, of the what exists in this universe in, in mass and matter energy, um, the electromagnetic spectrum is only 0.005% of that. That's all. The only frequency band that we can see, the world we perceive, is a fraction of that 0.005% called visible light. Everything else outside of that, the virtual entirety of the universe, is invisible to us because we can't decode it into a visual reality. Another thing. If you take the Earth's size in comparison with the size of the universe as mainstream science perceives it, the Earth is the equivalent of one billionth of a pinhead. So when you, you, you bring reality down to that, um, the idea that from that desperately laughable tiny frequency mm. range on that laughably tiny planet by comparison with the universe that we can just dismiss things that this is can't be happening that can't be happening that can't be happening is is confirmation of the scale of perception programming that goes on and when you look at at, at quantum physics and and all these other um, um areas that are delving into the the deep um levels of reality everything is um, an expression of everything else it's like an ocean um, if you if you imagine an ocean and you've got the white you know tops of the waves they look different to the ocean but they're still part of the ocean mm. and so you have a name and i have a name and we have a life story and we have a, a kind of human self-identity but you are an expression of the same infinite sea of energy consciousness as i am thus if you want to use the name i don't uh for this uh, uh infinite field of consciousness uh, quote god mm. then you are an expression of mm. that and i'm expression of that so we're all expressions of that and this is a uh, something that has been talked about um in ancient cultures all over the world through shamans and people like that and now quantum physics is starting to increasingly confirm that that's the case um and if we only realized that we're all expressions of the same one consciousness we might not uh not um or we might find the good sense not to kick the crap out of each other both verbally and literally um as we do in in all these these vehicles for dividing and ruling us all these wars all these conflicts all these um uh, patterns of violence we've lost an understanding of who we are so I, i'm describing it in these terms now what came out on the wogan show yeah. was was I, I i'm a basically son of god i'm an expression of, of god if you like but it's you, it's not it's not it's not a a, a, a wording that i would use yeah. now do you, do you think part of the reaction to your transformation is because I, you we were talking about sport when you come out i'm not a sports fan but it was, i was really interested that you were still you're still a fan of sport I'm, I'm picking up from the little chat we had earlier on i am I in trouble have been um um supporting leicester city 
since the 1950s, man. man. 1950s. I used to go to Filbert Street. I learned to be a goalkeeper uh, by watching Gordon Banks in the early 1960s. So, um, yeah, I've seriously been interested in sport this season, I'll tell you. It's interesting. Let me go back a bit, because you you talk about the transformation and the gift you got after being on The Woken Show and the public humiliation that was was there. And I I, I want to apologise, because I was one of the people at home laughing. It it, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't doesn't matter. Thank you. But you'd had other big maybe not quite as big, but other big setbacks and transformations before. You, the football career brought short because of the arthritis. That's right. Uh, and, and that kind of reset what you were and what you had to do. And is that when you went into TV presenting? Yeah, you see, when I look back at my life, and I, I think a, a, a very large number of people listening to this uh, programme will be able to um, see that in their own lives. We, we, we see things as random happenings, but when you look back you can see patterns um of of what has happened to you and where it's led you as a result of what has happened to you and so when when i started going out on this uh if you like journey of research and uncovering all this stuff um i basically my life before that had given me everything i needed to do it one um when i was a kid all i wanted to do was be a footballer Mm. i became a footballer and then the arthritis started. And the arthritis started when I was uh, 15 and a half. Um, and I played my entire uh, football career till the age of 21 when I couldn't do it anymore with, with gathering arthritis. Wow. Um, and, and when I played for Hereford United um, uh, in the, the last two years, uh, every morning going training was agony. Really? until uh, till the joints were warmed up yeah, yeah. but i couldn't say anything to anybody because if the club realized what 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 was going on then they'd have got another goalkeeper so but you kept I, that to yourself yeah but I, yeah but i was with my family of course but i was playing i was playing uh, well in the games the adrenaline got me through them uh and so when you go through an experience like that and and then you have your 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 dream uh, uh just uh, trashed uh because you can't play anymore it ge- well it, it, it's a bit like a, another version of the wogan show mm. you 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 either go under and you feel sorry for yourself or you get up and get on with it and what then happened is when i was a kid um i i was very interested in journalism i was always reading the papers and so when i um my football career ended i thought journalism mm. so i went into journalism um and you know I, I started on a newspaper called the leicester advertiser which was just about read by the people uh, that wrote it you know because i had no qualifications you know I, they, I i left school at 15 to be a footballer so uh, when they said you know you know what degree what university did you go to i was like well I was on loan for three months at Oxford United. Uh, d- d- does that work? Actually, when Ron Atkinson was club captain, for right. enough, that's how old I am. And uh, anyway, so I went into journalism, and that taught me a lot about the media, and it taught me to write in a way that you could take um, uh, apparently complex things and put them in simple language. Yeah. So that that was a great gift that that had given me. Then I uh, went into radio, like like. Uh, uh, talk Where radio here. What, what, what station? Yeah. BRMB in, in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll never forget. You used to used to park your car across. Th- uh, it, it was in the. Uh, you remember the Golden Shot? You're too young. I've I've heard Bob Monkhouse. Yes, my grandparents. Well, that was it. it. Came from the 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 ATV building in um in Birmingham, which which BRMB took over, and there was there was a car park across the road. Actually, it was just wasteland. 
and um used to come in and there was the um the hp source factory and there was the ansel's brewery and that combination especially if you've had a few the previous night um a was a job. nightmare walking across that car park but so i went into to uh um, radio and then i went into the bbc in uh birmingham regional and then on to newsnight and then onto the bbc uh sports department yeah. which gave me a media profile so when i came out with what i did it, it wasn't going to be ignored and of course um during that period i also became a national spokesman for the green party which allowed me to see politics from the inside if you uh, and um so um all these things that i'd done in my life up to the point where my head blew off were absolutely essential background for what i've done ever since um and so it's um it's uh i see my life as a as as is in its entirety not as not as a series of of, of random um I've got a happenings quote from you. i used to work in tv like every now and then i do but you've got a brilliant quote for you about tv workers they're insincere shallow and vicious with rare exceptions yeah i'd go along with that it's a cold place tv isn't it well it really they, they used to say when i was at the bbc they they get so confused at the bbc they stab each other in the chest you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, it, it's unbelievable and it's it it's like politics you know I, when i've been to to westminster over the years and i when i look at that and look at the bbc these institutions are looking inward they're not looking outward yeah. that's why they're so irrelevant to the general population overwhelmingly john the john ronson interview that was how long ago was that 15 years when would that be about 2001 2002 yeah, 15 years ago it's, it's on youtube again i watched it when I, I we were trying to get you on the show um how do you feel about that john followed you around for a while and, and, and yeah in canada yeah, yeah how, did, how do you feel about well that that was um one of the the big jumps the big leaps in interest at what i did so i'm very glad i did it um because you know when you're you're trying to get information out that won't normally get out there you just have to um take opportunities mm. to to get into the get it into the public arena and you know you're going to be ridiculed you know you're going to be uh, uh, laughed at you know you're going to be dismissed but each time you do it there are people watching who can see beyond it mm. and they get interested and then you do it again and you get more ridicule and more abuse but people watching there are a number of people watching that can see beyond it and they get interested in what you're doing and and basically you're building and building and building it up so when i'm going around the world now and uh, you know I'm, I'm talking in romania i mentioned before um in uh, november 2000 tickets have gone for that already i've never been in the country yeah. um and I'm, I'm going to australia talking at brixton in london on saturday i'm, I'm going to, across america um and all over europe uh doing in, in many countries um um simultaneous translated um uh, uh, talks you're still doing nine hour long talks yeah oh man come on because come on david no no you th think this is this is this is an important point um we were talking before about how i was at the bbc when i saw the the um substance interview and the substance report disappearing yeah yeah and in it came and by that you mean you, people would be will be on a show and they would talk 15 20 yeah. 30 minutes you, you've got time to 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 get information across because so often something only makes sense when the backstory goes before it yeah. without the backstory just the headline it can sound ludicrous give it the backstory and oh i see what you meant now 
that basically disappeared. I saw it come in from America. It's called, it was called soundbite uh, uh, journalism then, because it was so short. Mm. Uh, and what I'm doing... See, we, we could have a chat, and if I was someone else who was basically relating to the system as it is, and we could have a, a short interview, and I could get things across, mm. and, and people would um, understand what I was saying, because it's against the backdrop of everything they consider to be normal. So it fits. They don't need a backstory. What I'm doing is um, questioning and rewriting the whole entirety of normal, everything from geopolitical events to the nature of reality, all of it. And therefore, you have to start at A, and you have to build it through to, 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 to Z, mm. and you have to do it in a way where the next thing you introduce makes sense because of what's gone before. And that's why the talks are so long. I mean, I don't talk for 10 hours non-stop. There, is, there are breaks, right? <laughs> there are breaks. Oh, you let them go for a week I, and stuff. I, I do, I do f four sections. Right. And, and, the, uh, and by the end, um, I mean, I talked on the Isle of Wight uh, two weeks ago, uh, the Medina Theatre, um, a kind of a warm-up to because i didn't know I, I had limit you see so i didn't know how long it was going to be i could have been there at breakfast so i i had to do the do it do it once to to see what the how the length was panning out and there are 1600 images and illustrations and everything that goes with it and there were people there who came purely out of curiosity because my family knew them and you start with the world as it is and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole. And because of the way it's put together, by the end of the day, you're so far in the rabbit hole yeah. that if you'd started with that, people are gone. This guy's crazy. I'm out of here. But because of what's gone before, they say, I see it now. I see what you mean. And so that's why I have to talk for so long. Listen, we run out of time. Now. I, I, the, one of the beauties of doing this show at night is that we can play this whole interview. Sure. You know what I mean, and it, it gives you a, a lot of time to breathe and, and kind of have, I think, slightly more interesting conversations. One final quick question. You said that you walked from your hotel most of the way here today. I just wonder what, um, if you got much of a reaction when you walked down the street, what well, people say. That is, that is such a, a, a good question, given my experience. What has happened 25 years on is that people are stopping me in the street to talk to me about uh, what I'm doing in a serious, interested way. I started out in holland park road i got like five minutes up the road and there's um a uh delivery guy courier guy on his motorbike mm. went past uh turned in front of me to 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 go past me stops stops his bike gets his uh, uh helmet off and walked a mile up the road with me talking wow. about the information wow. he then turned and went back for his bike um and a builder came across and then i'm i'm, I'm going into uh into the park and this group of people from slovakia came <laughs> over right and, and 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 then then i was uh, i was getting in a cab because i was knackered by then to get here and uh, as i was getting in the cab there's this young lad who came up hey, hey uh, talking about it right yeah. so th these the the the, the what it, what has happened in in this uh, quarter of a century has been in so many ways um, a transformation of the way so many people see me because not least now they're actually taking the trouble to find out what i'm saying but it is also 
and, and I've seen this so clearly, I've almost been a barometer of it, it is also an expression of the fact that more and more people are now prepared to look outside the box to see if there's more to know than the box, or the postage stamp, as I call it, is telling them. I've got news for them. Almost everything you need to know is outside the postage stamp, is outside the box. And people are starting to realise that. And it's great for me. I mean, given what I've been through, mm. it is dreamland for me. My life is so easy now compared with what it was Good. before. Coping with the interest is the challenge rather than coping with the abuse. Uh, the website, give the website a plug if people want to go and have a look. DavidIke.com. DavidIke.com. Uh, you'll find everything there. I've still on Saturday. And I've just got a new book out called Phantom Self. And Phantom Self relates to the, the self-identity of name, income bracket, family history, which is not who we are. We are infinite awareness, a state of being aware. What, what um, we call our name, our life story etc self-identity human self-identity is the experience that that infinite awareness is currently having and once you once you fall into um uh, the human self-identity as being who you are mm. you're immediately into limitation everything you look at is i can't it can't happen that's impossible when you you get uh, to the self-identity of I am infinite awareness, having that experience, everything becomes possible. And that's what's transformed my life and is transforming more and more people as they begin to realize that they're far more than the system has told them they are. So nice to meet you. Great. Um, you're taller than I imagined as well. That's All right. <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm glad that you get that reaction when you walk down the yeah. street now, because that must have been, been horrible. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, different really world. Real pleasure. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And he was the nicest sweetest man he was tall a lot taller than i expected as well he was, wasn't much shorter than me i thought he'd be tiny he was such a nice man and i do you know what i built this interview up in my head I'm, this is me live now in five minutes to 12 i built the interview up in my head and i got really nervous and i'd watched a lot of videos around christmas when i thought he was going to come on in january and a lot of videos of him today actually in costa in uxbridge Cafe Nero, if I'm being precise. And um, it, I, I was quite nervous about it, because in a lot of those interviews, particularly the, the, the Wogan ones, the second Wogan one, very stern face. It comes across as very angry, and I thought, am I going to get that guy? But no, when I went downstairs to meet him, hello, David, I'm in. Hello, mate, thanks for asking me on. Really looking forward to this. Oh, beautiful. Right, uh, last hour of the show is coming up. Um, we re uh, Normal service is resumed by normal service. I mean, for the last hour of the show, um, I sit here and I talk about stuff and we will go through some of the papers and you can call up and do whatever you want. Calls go straight to air. So there's no screening process. There's no um, prepping. You don't talk to the producer, Catherine or Ed or anyone. You just phone up and when I see your line flashing, I will put you through... Um, live on air there is a seven second delay 14 seconds actually so don't swear and don't be libelous apart from that anything goes don't dial just yet break coming up i will tell you when to call talk radio who's this <laughs> someone saying this is the most alan partridge show ever and then quotes are you banging a saucepan no i'm eating chow mein that that is um that is high art baby you're listening to high art no, no, no. You, 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 you don't understand the show. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 
there's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow, I'll wanna settle down Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you wanna join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll wanna settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home people think they've got the show by listening to five minutes of it and they haven't got the show and Haley, and i won't i won't call you a tit like you call me uh you haven't you haven't got the show you don't understand it now i can't explain it to you i'm afraid you could call up you won't you could call up you won't oh wait four 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 nine nine one thousand you can call up dear listener she won't um sending text or not i've just discovered this show it's so alan partridge it's some Alan Partridge. Oh, you see, ask someone if they were banging a pot and they were eating chow mein. It's some Alan Partridge. First of all, I'd say that as a great compliment because Alan Partridge is, is a genius, of course. Um, but secondly, Helen, you don't understand it. You don't understand it. Um, and I've said to her, you don't understand it. And um, she said, I do understand the show, you tit. Hayley, Hayley, come on, play nice, play nice. Okay, it's one of the one of the rules. Try and play nice. It's basically mid morning matters, and no one listens to it. I replied, "You did." Ha ha ha! Because my friend texted me to tell it, tell me it sounds like Alan P. Then she's done an emoticon. She's arguing with me. <laughs> Using an emoticon. You win, Haley. You win, Haley. You found out where the emoticon... Or is it an emoji? I don't know. 
What's the difference between an emoticon and emoji? Call me now. It's not a bad phone in, actually. Um, you you win, Haley. Fair play. You win. Um, um, but you're still arguing with me on Twitter, and I'm getting paid a lot of money. So, I, I you know, I, I mean... Um, right, 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. You're more than welcome to. Seven pence a minute, access, plus access charges. You don't need more from some mobiles. The way this bit of the show works, very, very simple, is normally, throughout the rest of the show, um, and for all other phone-in shows, you will phone up, you'll speak to the producer, you'll speak to um, the tech up, whoever it may be. They will ask you um, who you are, what you want to talk about, and then they will call you back. It's not how it works for this, uh, uh, between 12 and 1, Mondays to Fridays. Um, I sit here and I kind of look through the papers and talk about staff. And you call in and you make funny noises or you play bits of music. Or you argue with me. If you want to talk about the David Icke interview, you're more than welcome to. 0844-499-1000. Some nights we get loads of calls. Some nights we don't get that many calls at all. Um, but I have a screen in front of me. I've got 10 lines on it that people can phone in, two lines that we can phone out on. And when I see, um, a number flashing, I hit the button and say, line one, you're on the wireless. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. Just want to say, Ian, I love the show, mate. Uh, Goldstein and Condi are going to be quaking in their boots because talk radio is where it's at. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Bless you for that. I appreciate that, right? I, I like I like both those gentlemen. I speak to I say hello to Jason. I, I don't particularly Jason. They're good, lads. good lads. They're good. They're good, and it's a really good show they do. They're on Talksport now. If you want to go and listen to them, you're more than welcome to, right? And I speak to I, I have a little bit of banter with Jason. He he was teasing me because I didn't know anything about the football today. And um, uh, Andy Goldstein, we talked to quite a lot, although he's not come over for a bit. But he normally comes and sits with us for a bit and he has a chat. Here's the thing, right? I am so happy to talk about their show on this show because I think they're brilliant and I don't perceive them as, as competition at all. They will never mention this show on theirs. They will never retweet anything that are, that we are both mentioned in. And it's because, and I said, to, uh, Andy kind of mentioned it. He says, because I'm scared. He said, I can't afford to lose any listeners to you. He's got something like 300,000 listeners. We've probably got about 68, 68 listeners versus 350,000 listeners. And he's scared that we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna take his listeners away well, from him. As you say, Ian, you've got you've got saggers you've got saggers on before Goldstein and Cundy, and they're great shows, great broadcasters. But yeah. this is just it's horses for courses, you know what I mean? And Ash, yeah. Ash and Johnny Go before you, it's yeah. a great show, and yeah, uh, yeah and I, I particularly enjoyed Jonathan's contribution tonight. He was wasn't he angry? He was he was contradicting himself every yeah. every sentence he made. He contradicted the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit odd. It was it was not a well thought out argument, but it was a great phone in for late night radio. Listen, thank you very much indeed. Let's go to line uh two. Two, you're on the wireless. Yes, do you know what? I've just rung in. Hang, 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 hang on a second, hang on a second. We don't start a conversation with yes. Oh uh, what do we say then? Hello. Hello. Hello, my name is whatever your name is. I don't know what your name is, caller. Um Ella. Uh, well, Ella. Hello, my name is Ella. <laughs> And I would like to talk about whatever it is we, we want to talk about. Nice to meet you. Well, nice to meet you too. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I said I just rang NBC by mistake, actually. Oh. <laughs> yes. What happened there? Well, there, there was, that, they've got this new automated voice, I think. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, uh, and then I, I just hung up because uh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> but well, hang on a minute, why have you got... Why why are you dialing LBC? Uh, 
mistake. I said by mistake. You, I said, you said by mistake. by mistake. Yes, by mistake, definitely by Here's mistake. Here's the question that nobody yes. has got yet. Mm-hmm. Why is, you can, why is Paul McCartney, I mean, so, you can link two very big stories there to Paul McCartney today. What are they? What are they? What is in the news, is he? Well, it, one of the stories is in the news. The other one he's linked to. What are they? Right. Oh, I didn't listen to any news at all. It wasn't mentioned in any of the news broadcasts that I've heard on this station. Uh, uh, but at, at all, nothing at all. The news I, in general. Silence. For God's yes, sake, man. I listen <laughs> to silence <laughs> today. Hello. Silence. Yeah, silence. Silence. <laughs> Oh oui, le pain quotidien. Oh, is that how you say it? <laughs> yes. Le pain quotidien. Mm, do you know what it means? Um, uh, la is the. Yeah. Pan is bread. Pain. Bread. Pain. Pain, bread. Quotidien means <laughs> the number of. <laughs> quotidien. Yeah, it's the number of the no, n- the number of breads. No, daily. The daily. bread, the bread. Okay, the bread number thereofs. And I was so chuffed when it came to England. Sorry, you see, because it hails from Belgium. It was like, oh my God, look at that, pan yeah. quotidien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Haley's still listening. I always, what? I always feel weird, right? When there's someone who's listening, who's who's who's, uh, who's having a pop. She, uh, uh, do we? Uh, by mentioning her, am I um, f- am I feeding her ego? Yeah, probably. But I always find it interesting, Katya, that yeah. uh, there's, there's a famous um, uh, quote from the um, who's the guy in America, Howard Stern. The people that like him listen to him for an hour. The people that hate him listen to him for two hours. And um, uh, this uh, young lady, Haley, has been has been tweeting throughout the show this evening and is listening and if she's as david ike said right people laughed at him right but it set him free and some people listen to the message if people are listening to the show and laughing at it in a mean-spirited way which he is that that's fine by me that that's another listener that's another um tick in the box for me i i do i do well out of it i don't care why people are listening they can listen because they hate me because they think the show's funny it's clever it's stupid uh they mm. think it sounds like alan partridge beautiful man whatever whatever everybody's welcome and the more listeners whatever the reason is um uh it, it, it is wonderful and what's what's interesting is the people that criticize they won't phone up katia they won't they won't phone up and that i think kind of sums them up really so that'd be the last mention for it there we go i think we're i think that's uh, enough of that um katia anything else or should i cut you off well there we go excellent stuff oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand okay um oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand line one you're on the wireless Hi. hello mate i've got a topic for the late hour do you know which two stories um you could link to paul mccartney today well, he's paying tribute to the Orlando shootings in Berlin. Apart from that one. I've, I've no I, I'll idea. tell you one of them. I'll tell you one of them, right? 
The guitarist yeah. from Wings, Henry McCulloch, died yesterday. Oh, afternoon. I remember that. Oh, we're talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one story with Paul McCartney. There's another story, a bigger story, right, um, that you could link Paul McCartney to. But what is the story? I've generally got no idea, Ian. Okay, well, keep keep listening, guys. I've got, I've got to do another topic for you. Yeah, go on then, mate. Best retro computer game of all time. Uh, Elite on the BBC Micro, the disc version, not the cassette version. I would have to disagree with you. Well, you'd be I would wrong. say Legend of Zelda on the NES. Uh, you, you're wrong. What's wrong with Zelda? No, I'm not. I, I didn't say anything was wrong with Zelda. I just said you're wrong. Well, that's because I like to hear people's opinions. All right, yeah, so, do you know what, Alan? That's an excellent idea. Let's get people's opinions on it. But the baby... The thing is, I've played the game that you're talking about. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. You've not played the game that I'm talking about. Ah. Well, so I'm more... Going to remember it. I'm more qualified to discuss this matter than you are. And, and you know how the game works up trip yet? Oh, yeah, we were going to go yesterday, and I couldn't be asked. Oh, you're chickened out. There was no chickening out. Uh, my boys have been invited to Games Workshop to go and paint some uh, models, and uh, it's basically they try and, you know, you go and paint models for a bit, and then they teach you the game, and they try and sell you the game, and that's fine. Uh, no, we will go, um, I think I've got them three, th- 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 three days next week, so we'll go one night next week after school. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And treat into a pizza afterwards. W- sorry? Treating to a pizza, pizza Express. Are you paying? Because Pizza Express is nice, but it's expen- pizza expensive, it should be called. I prefer Pizza Hut anyway. Pizza Hut, Hut, Hut. Yeah, but I'm quite posh, so I couldn't go to Pizza Hut. Have you ever had the buffet there? Yeah, the all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. We used to go, uh, do they still do that? We used to go and we, we, we yeah, were students. Still do it. 16 portions of pizza I had once. Me and Darren Black, we had, a, we, loads of us had a pizza off. Me, Darren, Stephen Conan. Stephen Conan were out at early doors, like six, seven pieces. 16 pieces I got to, Darren only got to 14. Bring it on. Did you, did you have the breadsticks as well? No, I didn't have, did, of course you didn't have the breadsticks and you don't drink much. That's, that's where, well, that's where you go, that's where you come across, but don't drink much. And I think we had some portions of pasta as well, actually. Yeah, the pasta's good. Yeah, pasta's good. I love a cheesy pasta. I'm gonna, um, maybe Haley's right, maybe this is Anna Partridge. <laughs> that goes, I'm gonna get some food on the way home, Alan. I'm gonna stop off at the, there's a lovely little petrol station that's open, and I'm gonna buy some food from it. You can't go wrong with a 24 hour garage. You cannot go wrong indeed. Oh, maybe, maybe Haley was right. Um, the other, uh, the, uh, 0844-499-1000. Paul McCartney's linked big time to a Big story that's broken today. Big story. Um, 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call uh, and um, come straight to it. So I have, because um, uh, I was, about a year ago, I was looking into, remember, I was looking into renting an office, right? Cause I thought it'd be nice. I've got like an office at home. It's the room with the computer in, right? But it's got all my toys in as well. All my monkey's toys and things and records and stuff. So it's very easy to get distracted in there. And I thought, wouldn't it be good to, to, to rent like an office? And in my head, 
I kind of had this romantic, um, it, despite Milligan had an office above a greengrocer's, him, Eric Sykes, and um, maybe uh, uh, maybe Barry Crow as well, they had an office above a greengrocer's, like in the 50s, and they would go and write The Goon Show and all that stuff they were writing. And in my head, I kind of had this romantic notion of, when I tweeted it, that like, a greengrocer would get in touch. So there's, a, there's a room above the shop, you can use that. Of course they didn't, and he said all I had were people getting in touch with me recommending Regis. You know, you've seen the Regis offices, I mean, they, they do, hang on a second, line. yes, line one. Uh, hi, Ian, hi, Ian, you right? Yeah, good. It's Hayley. Now, come on, now, let's not be you, mean. You, you, you've been trolling me on Twitter. Now, come on, now, let's, let's not, be, all right, well, I, I, I feel uncomfortable, but yes, I, uh, apologies, Hayley, if you think I've been trolling you. Well, yeah, well, I'm only listening because my friend told me to. And, um, it's, it's, you know, it's quite funny because it's just like watching Alan Partridge. Well, uh, which is a good thing, isn't it? Alan Partridge is good, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Well, there you go, so, you see. I, I don't really know what I'm complaining about. Shall we, um, shake hands and, and be friends? Ian, I, I apologise. Hayley, I apologise. Peace, peace and out. love. Peace and peace out. Peace and love. We both went for it. Um, but it didn't happen. Couldn't find like an office above a greengrocer's, so it never happened. Uh, but I like the act of leaving the house to go to work. I can't sit at home and write stuff, but if I leave the house to go to work, um, then I can write stuff, right? So I've I have found a free office. It's Cafe Nero. I've become one of those tossers that sits in Cafe Nero with a cup of coffee for four hours, plugged into their sockets. You can plug into their sockets. I had two coffees today, very naughty. The re- I'm off caffeine, but I've had a couple of coffees in the last week. And I had one today, and the reason I had two is because I forgot that I was in a Nero and not um, a Costa. And in Costa, you get regular and large. So I say small for regular. In Nero, you get small, regular and large and the small was so small i had to have another one at the end of it i was shaking so i won't have one tomorrow but um oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand but i've become one of those um um asses that that is in cafe nero sat there with my laptop open get a sandwich get a slice of of, uh, cheesecake tiny coffee and i'll sit there for four hours on the wi-fi good wife it's good wi-fi except if you go to some websites it won't let you access them not those ones you can actually access those ones, but sometimes it's too many redirects, so you you can't you can't go to the um, thing. But um, it it got me thinking, right? That there are so many people in there. Some here's the thing: I've seen people go in there and not even order a drink, and they just go and sit down and get their laptop up. They bring their own food and drinks in. Now, I saw, honestly, I saw some people um, doing that uh, yesterday. That can't be right. Uh, that uh, uh, these these trainee baristas surely need to have a, a word with the people that are just rocking up with their own food and drink, a bottle of water and a packet of crisps using the Wi-Fi. Now I might be cheeky and I might use the Wi-Fi on my phone outside, but I wouldn't go in and sit down and use the Wi-Fi and not order a drink. I get so much work done in there though. I sit there and I kind of check my emails and do check the Facebook, all the important stuff. 
I put the headphones on, pretend I'm listening to stuff, but I'm not. That's another thing. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand, by the way. And oh look, you say that, and then a phone call pops up. Yes, line one, you're on the wireless. Hello, this is Paul McCartney. Now a little birdie tells me you've been talking about me, Paul McCartney, <laughs> on your little radio show. Sounds like Jimmy Savile. No. I'm Paul McCartney. Okay. Yes. Yes, Paul. Yes. Paul yes. McCartney. Yes. Now then, Paul. Now then, now then, Paul McCartney. What is going now on with you? What is going on with you, Paul McCartney, young man? I would like to know <laughs> what you have been saying about me. Now you sound like Paul Frank Sidebottom. Oh, yes, boss. Well, well, why are you talking about me, Paul McCartney, on your... Radio show. Well, first off, Paul, I'm really sorry that Henry McCulloch, the uh, lead guitarist from Wings, has passed away. That's very sad news. Oh? The second thing is, you are... Um... You are linked to another quite unpleasant news story today, Paul. And I was just wondering if anybody could work out what it was. Oh, no. I've got to go. I've got to talk to my lawyers. Okay, bye-bye. Um, line two, you're on the wireless. This is a task to, uh, you know, use on stash, but very, very special, because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, <laughs> turn it up, turn it up. 11, 11, most of 11, and amps go up to 10, exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it's one louder. Play? One louder. It's not ten. You see, most most blows are going to be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Nowhere. Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to eleven. Exactly. Thank you for that. The little bit, could have done with a bit of that. Of course, there's a bit from. Um, Spinal Tap, which is just... Um, I've told you before, there's, a, there's an eight-hour version of Spinal Tap, which I had on bootleg VHS. It was spread over three cassettes, and I bought it from a pornographer in Miami. And um, it it was it was wonderful, wonderful stuff. I wonder if that, that's got to be on YouTube somewhere, hasn't it? They've got to release that. There are about three different um, Spinal Tap DVDs out. And they all have different bonus footage. That's the thing. So there's the Criterion Collection, which has got the most bonus footage. But then there's a, there, then there's a, then there's another like the anniversary release or something, and that's got different bonus footage. I love Spinal Tap so much. It's odd that nothing else they did was ever as good. A Mighty Wind was good. That's where they're the folk group, the uh, the Thamesmen. Um, was it, no, not the Thamesman, that was an, that was an early Spinal Tap, um, um, what was, uh, the, uh, Mighty Wind, the name of the group in that, maybe they were, no, I can't, anyway, I can't remember, they supported Spinal Tap when I saw them, and that was a good film, they did a folk version of, um, oh, I'll let's have a break, I'll see if I can find this song, hang on. Baby, start me up. Baby, start me up. I'll never stop. 
If you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. I've been running hard, you got me chicken, gonna blow my top. If you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. You make a grown man cry. You make a grown man cry. You make a grown man cry. Started up, pick on the starter, give it all you got. I can't compete with the riders in the other heat. If you rough it up, if you like it, you can slide it up. Slide it up. You make a grown man cry. Don't make a grown man cry. Don't make a grown man cry. My eyes dilate, my lips go green, my hands are greasy. She's a mean machine. Start me up, baby. Start me up. I'll never stop. If you start me up, baby. Start me up. I'll never stop. I've been running hard. You got me ticking. Gonna blow my top. If you start me up, baby. Start me up. I'll never stop. You make a dead man come. I think that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Forgot he went there. Forgot he went there. That's. F- <laughs> Do you like that, Kath? That's from the soundtrack to A Mighty Wind. And it's basically Spinal Tap, the, the Folksmen, of course. Um, and it's a good film, but it. If it's not as it's not as good as Spartak, but it's good fun actually. I'm, I'm, I'll play another song from the soundtrack before the end of the show because they're good songs. Um, line one, you're on the wireless. Brian Wilson. Alright. Is it Brian Wilson? Yep. From the Paley Sessions. Oh! You couldn't burn those on a DVD and send them to me, could you? Sorry? You you couldn't... I mean, of course you couldn't burn that onto a CD and send it to me, could you? Because that would be out of order. Of course, of course. I absolutely could not email that. Thank you very much indeed. That would be awful. Uh, line two, you're on the wireless. Hello. Hello. How you doing, Ian? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have a big question, actually. Well, it's not that big. Uh, what um, antidepressants are you on? I'm on citalopram and metazapine. Oh, okay. Well, I, just, I started yesterday on, um, like, uh, something. Sertraline? No. Effexor? No. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a drug. Like a bad? Psychobab? Hang on, what? Yeah. Psycho- <laughs> no, I wish it was a kebab. I wish I could have a cheeky kebab every morning. That would that would be good, wouldn't it? I don't know yeah. that one. I don't know that one. 
No, I, I, you know, I'll find the books and I'll, I'll ring you back. How are you? Uh, well, it's, it's only day one, so I'm guessing you, well, you're probably not um, feeling anything yet, are you? Or no, is, it, is it giving you the squits? Uh, it's quite edgy, quite really edgy, yeah. really um, um, just like ready to go. And then I've got these, um, I can't remember the name of the other ones, but they're there to calm me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just until, you know, things kick in. Well, listen, I, I, I can't give you any medical advice. All I can do is, is share my, um, you know, my experiences with you. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. It is very common for these things to take three, four, five weeks before yeah, you, kind of, you kind of reach a, a level playing field one way or the other. Yeah. It's a long process. It's going to be a long process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's a marathon, not a sprint, man. <laughs> how, how, do you, uh, how do you get on with your doctor? You got a good relationship with your, with your doctor? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a legend. He's a very nice guy. Very understanding. Actually, brilliant, brilliant. That's um, that's all you can ask for, it. really. Yeah, uh, a long time listener. Um, first time call. Well, listen. Let us know how it goes, um, man. I, I, I wish you the very best of luck. Well done for for going and trying to get you know help and stuff. Cheers, man. Thank you very much. See you later. Ta ta. Bye bye. Um, I wait for he'll give you the squits when you first start. Some of them do. I told you this before as well, that the, the, the um, uh, potential side effect of uh, many antidepressants may cause suicidal thoughts. <laughs> it's true. There was one, there was one drug, and I can't think what it was, which is probably for the best, where there was a massive um, spike of, um, uh, with, with teenagers, it had um, a real effect on those of them who were killing themselves in America. I can't think what it was, uh, which is good. 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number. So, um... Yeah, Cafe Nero. So, uh, and I, I, for some reason, the Wi-Fi there is better than any of the other establishments. Um, so I find myself sat in a little corner, and I've done more writing. Well, I've re- I wrote two articles in the last, um, what day is it? Wednesday. Four days by sitting in Cafe Nero. I wrote. T- I've, I've written two articles for Record Collector. I say written. This is the Tommy James interview and the John Sebastian interview from here, which I've kind of tarted up and kicked into 6,000 words between the two of them, though. You can't argue with that. Wrote three chapters of the book as well, uh, line one. Excellent. Hello, line one. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, Clement Freud. Sorry? Qu- uh, Paul McCartney. Yes. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, Band on the Run. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, Clement Freud is, of course, in the, on the cover of the Band on the Run LP. Does that mean we've got to burn more Beatles LPs? Uh, yeah, I think so. Ah, oh, flipping heck. It's a, Band on the first Run. First time caller, I am. First time caller. Well, 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 darling, you've won a million pounds. That's not bad going for a first time call, is it? That's good. Do you like Band on the Run, the album? Uh, it's all right. I like some of the songs. I think Band on the Run is a masterpiece, the song. Mm. I think the rest of the album... I can't remember what else is on the album. What else is on there? Isn't Jet on there? Is Jet on there? Because that's a great record. Partridge, that's thank better. you. Um, uh, Isn't Kenny Lynch on the album? Kenny Lynch is on the front cover. It's a weird bit, mix of stars, right? It is a weird mix, yeah. Kenny Lynch, um, Clement Freud, Michael Parkinson, that's Christopher right, yeah. Lee, and James Coburn. And all just in black, aren't they? They're, they are a band on the run. But the rest of it, I think, is, um, yeah, Jet's on there. Let Me Roll, it's a good song. Let Me Roll. Helen Wheels is a good song, actually. Ram's a better album. Ram is a much better album. And what was the yeah. instrumental uh, version of Ram that Paul McCartney released under a pseudonym? Ooh, I don't 
Oh, Thrillington by Percy Thrills Thrillington. Check that Ooh. one out. Check that one out. Line two, you're on the wireless. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Hello, Ian. Hello, mate. Um, I just thought I'd give you a call because I'm feeling a bit miserable. What's wrong, man? I'm just, just having a bad time, so I thought I'd just say hello. Anything in particular? Anything in particular? Or just, you know, just feel like <laughs> rubbish? Relationship. Oh, man. Coming to an end and stuff. Oh, man, I'm sorry. How long have you been together? Um, uh, for about five years. Oh, flipping out. It's a long yeah. time, man, isn't it? It's a long, you're bound to feel miserable. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, just trying to, trying to get over it for the last couple of months, but it's my birthday at the weekend, so... <laughs> <laughs> flipping it! Oh, well, the weekend coming. Yeah. Uh, how? Don't tell me. Don't tell me how old you're going to be. I'm going to guess you're going to be 33. Oh, 32. Oh, I'm good, aren't I? Every time, Kat is amazed at how good I am at that. I'm good at that. Um, but I'm a year out, and that's annoying. Uh, what you got planned? Nothing. That's the thing. So I've, uh, I've literally just I've just moved yeah. to Liverpool as well. What did you do that for, you lunatic? For work, so oh, I well. I'd try and throw myself into work and kind of yeah get into the swing of things. But so I'm actually sl- I've got no furniture or nothing at the moment. <laughs> either, so. Oh mate, I've, got, I've been I've been watching TV on the phone. Oh and, mate, uh, no wonder you're miserable. I've got a sleeping bag for a bed. Um, what's what, what you in a flat? You got a flat? No a house, a house. Oh. It's, it's cheap up here, so I suppose, I suppose so. Have you, have you moved from London? Yeah. Well, so then you're, in you're, a, you're I'm rich. in a one-bed flat. Yeah. And now I'm in a in a three-bed house isn't with a garage it, for the same price. Isn't it funny? Because Liverpool, I like Liverpool. I've never really done much Liverpool. I've been up there for filming for a day, and I went and visited a friend up there, but it was like middle of the night, the other, around Christmas, because I was doing a gig up near there. Um, but, I don't, but Liverpool's all right, isn't it? It's a nice place. Yeah, anywhere has its bad areas, don't it? Yeah, of course. I'm going up to Liverpool, actually. I'm taking a night off in August. I can't remember the date. I'm going to the cavern. It's not the original cavern. No. Uh, I'm going to go to the cavern and see one of the monkeys doing a concert in the cavern. How cool is that going to be? That is cool. That is going to be cool. cool. I keep... I keep spending a lot of money on iTunes because of you, because you keep playing these songs, <laughs> and I keep actually downloading them. Well, I'm going to play. I'm, I'm going to end the show with a song that you're going to want to download. A Mighty Wind by um, uh, the cast of A Mighty Wind. It's a great one. It's a great okay. one. What sort of stuff do you normally listen to then? If you weren't if you weren't indulging my musical fantasies, what sort of stuff do you listen to? Generally, kind of eighties stuff or indie rock kind of things i am um, can, can i recommend a book right and I, I love this book I'm, I'm holding up to the periscopers now it's by a bloke called luke haynes and it's called bad vibes brit pop and my part and it's downfall it's in the 90s right and he was in this band called the auteurs that were kind of what you might call also rands they were touted for greatness and they had a few minor hits but they got you know swamped by pulp and oasis and blur and um it it is i've never read such an honest um book and let me read a bit hang on a minute i'm gonna have to bleep myself here we go um uh on the final day of mixing i decide to walk the two miles or so from my camden home to rack studios big mistake is that figure in the snorkel jacket who i think it is i make to cross the road but it's too late the flipper has clocked me Oh, Christ, he's getting closer. Keep your head down. Maybe it'll pass without incident. No flipping chance. The snorkel jacket bears down on me. 
All right, pal, says Noel Gallagher, now embracing me like some uh, lost brother. I didn't get the chance to tell you last time we met. Last time. Oh, dear God, the nightmare memories of Sweden briefly flood back. I didn't get the chance to tell you, but you've got some top tunes. Cheers, I splutter back in a clumsy attempt to reciprocate Noel's matiness. Oh, dear, it's so disappointing when one's enemies don't turn out to be complete crumbs after all. (laughs) It's such a good book! It's such a good book! What happened in Sweden? In Sweden, he, um, shoots... (laughs) He fight, um, Oasis are, and, um, another band, not Cooler Shaker, oh, The Verve, a drunk in a fountain singing like Rule Britannia or something. He's got a flare gun and he fires it at them in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> he does, he fires a flare gun. Oh, it's such, it's a good book. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's very sweary. I don't know what your, your take is on swearing. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. Get that bad vibes, Luke Haynes. That's my recommendation. That's that. My birthday present to you is telling you to go and buy a book. How's about them apples? Okay, I'll go. I'll go and buy that on my birthday. Nice one. I've, I've got to go because I'm late for a break. Thanks for calling, man. Take Bye. care. Here's you. See you Bye. later on. Tata. Line one. You're on the wireless. Um, it's Simbolta. It's what? Simbolta. Is that your name? Tim Bolter. No, 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 oh, that's the drug. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying, Zambuka. And I thought I, I am Tim Bolter. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that one. Um, uh, you know, uh, and uh, my suggestion is stick with the advice that your doctor gives. Um, my experience is, whenever I've started a new drug, it's been a little bit rocky for the first few weeks. And I have, um, I've gone, I've got a brilliant doctor and I've gone and said, and they've tinkered around with the dosage a little bit and sometimes, you know, so just, just stay close to your doctor and and let them know how you're feeling is, is my suggestion. I think we, I think we lost you, but I think you got that. Excellent. Thank you. Good luck with that. Good luck with that, man. Well done. Line two. Oh, blimey. Hello. Hi, I've worked out what was in Noel's uh, special box. Oh yeah. Go on. You know the one that you know cures ta- that cures depression, it, anxiety, and tackles cancer. And t- yes, tackles cancer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's in it? Go on, mate. I got hold of one. Yeah, two yeah. and a half grand it was. Yeah. Open it up. Yeah. Two sausage, two bacon, huh? beans. Yeah. Hash browns. Ooh. Those funny little chopped potatoes. Yeah. Perfectly fried onions. Oh. Don't know why there was onions there, but you know, yeah. there's mushrooms in there as well. Yeah. A bit of fried toast. Yes. Egg, really runny yolk. It was only a blooming full-set breakfast, wasn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. That's what a full-set breakfast is at last. I, the thi- here's the thing, right? Not many places do bubble, and not many places do good bubble, right? And one day, your kids will say, what is, what was, what was bubble, daddy? And it'll be t- treated the same way as when my grandparents would talk to me. My, uh, my granddad, whenever we went to stay at my granddad's, or if he came to stay with us, granddad Bill, kippers for breakfast, kippers for breakfast the house would absolutely stink imagine telling a, ki- a kid now you should have smoked fish for breakfast that would never happen line one you're on the wireless hip 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 ho 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 yeah. father christmas here ian oh hello mate all right how's it going yeah yeah yeah. you sound a bit down in the dumps what's wrong oh i've backed mate i've been uh Put it this way, we're coming up to sort of near Saturday night for me. If you think Christmas Eve night's kind of my week, yeah, then the rest of the year is my weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, yeah. So I've been off my face since January, mate. Wowzers. 
Yeah, uh, but I, in the meantime, I was listening to your little show. Thank you, mate. And I heard you... No, no problem. Um, I thank you for broadcasting. And I heard you uh, talking about uh, Band on the Run, the album. Yes! Uh, my favourite song from that is 1985. Really? Yes. yes. Oh, actually, do I... you know what? It's not... Now I think on it, it is... Now, how does it go? Sing a bit, Father Christmas. Uh, uh, <clears throat> no one ever left alive in 1985 will ever do that one. Maybe, maybe. You may that... be right, you may be fine, you may get love, but you won't get mine, but I got you. Here we go. Oh, why, why do they put adverts on? Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Um, let, let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Maybe let's try it. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And it, ends the, it ends the album. I think it's a fantastic ending. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I do like McCartney. I'm going to weep like a baby when he dies. I'm going to weep like a baby. I saw him live six years ago, and I never thought in a million years he'd do that song, but he did, and it was it was fantastic. Recorded this song in... Um, where did he record this album? Where was it? It was Africa somewhere, wasn't it? I don't know, I wasn't there. He got mugged, he got all the master tapes. He was walking down the street and he got mugged. Where was it? He's doing his coming up voice, isn't it? His coming up voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, that's a good song, coming up. Like a flower. Coming up, like a flower. Coming up. The first, sorry to interrupt you, but it was was sounding very lovely. The first time I heard that song was on, uh, no, thank you, was on the Trigger Happy TV soundtrack. If you ever get a chance to listen to that, there was fantastic songs. It's how I got. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. No, no, don't, don't, no, no, don't watch it. But get the get the soundtrack if you can. I bet Trigger Happy is dated a lot worse than a lot of other programs. I never. The reason I didn't like Trigger Happy is because we we were doing that stuff on the eleven o'clock show, and um, Dom Jolly was working on the eleven o'clock show, but not really doing a lot and then we got told to stop doing that stuff and we're like why are you telling us to stop doing that stuff it's funny yeah we don't want you doing that stuff on the 11 o'clock show and then suddenly this new oh. program started dom jolly's trigger Happy tv and it was we went all oh, right that's why they stopped us because they had a new kid doing it because he used to do the phone fo- you know the phone bit where he yeah. shout and he go shout he did that on the there was Par- the paramount comedy channel he used to have little shorts yeah yeah that's where sasha started as well did- he did that. Oh, was it? Sasha oh, used to do Br- used to do Bruno. And I think he did Borat on those as well. I never I never liked Ali G or, or that stuff very much. Wow, it's rather Christmas. That's blasphemy. Line two, you're on the wireless. Good evening, Ian. It's Matt. How are you? Hello, Matt. I'm fine, mate. What you got for us? Uh, just a quick question out of curiosity: your top three Bare Ladies albums. Oh, mate, that is a real tough one to i was, was going to go tracks but obviously you know there's hundreds of those that is so a tough one to throw easier. at me at this time of the night man I, but okay all right <laughs> we can do it um in reverse order i, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to google them because i can't remember all the names of them because you're right on the edge of my thinking right in reverse order it would be um um uh bare naked ladies and men number three yeah no 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 sorry no number which is the one that's got tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel about a guy getting killed oh, in a car crash. Yeah, that's... Um, is that maroon or stunt? Ones. 
I think it's Maroon. Uh, it's not stunt, it's Maroon. Uh, tonight is the night I fell asleep at the work. Right, so Maroon Funnily is at num- Maroon is at number three. Um, Bare Naked Ladies and Men that. is at number two. And uh, Maybe You Should Drive is number one. Maybe You Should Drive is number one. You weren't okay. expecting that, were you? I wasn't, no. No, going back to tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. I actually won a signed CD, I think it was all in good time, that album, when you were on the old Absolute show. Did you really? Um, and I... I, and that's the last time I spoke to you, actually. I think that song is about Ed Robertson's brother, I think, dying in a car crash. I think it is. I need now, to... Uh, off, the to- off, 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 off the top of my head, I thought he died in a um, um, motorbike well, accident. Well, yeah, 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 I but... May be, I may be wrong. No, I think you're right. It was a motorbike accident, and I, but I think that, that, I think, that he, you know, he transposed it for the song to... Uh, I think you could be absolutely right. Crash, yeah, and, that makes more uh, sense. Blimey. Uh, it's a good album. Right, I've got to go, because I'm going to play a song from A Mighty Wind to end the show. Thank, well, very quickly, what your, your your top three? Top three, oh, I would go Maroon at number three. I would go with uh, Ben Aker Ladies and Men at two. And number one, I would go, do you know what, Silver Ball, the latest one, is awesome, so I'd go with that. Uh, really? I'm enjoying it, I, and that's what's on in my car at the moment, but I would disagree. Hey, listen, man, thank you. That was a lovely call to end on, and this is a lovely song to end on. As I travel down the back roads of this home I love so much Every carpenter and cowboy Every lame man on a garage They're all talking about a feeling About a taste that's in the air They're all talking about this mighty wind That's blowing everywhere Oh, a mighty wind's a-blowing It's kicking up the sand It's blowing out a message to every woman, child and man some mighty winds are blowing across the land and across the sea. It's blowing peace and freedom. It's blowing equality. From a lighthouse in Bar Harbor to a bridge called Golden Gates. From a trawler down in Shreveport to the shore of one great lake. There's a star on the horizon and it's burning like a flame. It's lighting up this mighty wind that's blowing everywhere. Join the Talk Nation. Dial up and talk radio. We'll get you talking.